2: That's a style, that's a look. Yes. But you didn't create that. That's what you as influenced and programmed to. That design is a program. So if you think about designing yourself and being original, you have to be based on who you are, not where you are, mm-hmm. right? Because we dress based on geographical location, we dress based on our financials, mm-hmm. what we can afford, what we can't afford, and also some po- we, we, we dress based on our imperfections, insecurities, we don't want to be seen, we do want to be seen. So like, what about when you get to that point where you're truly free, you fearless, right? You don't care what nobody think, mm-hmm. right? And every day you can go out there and be yourself. What would that look like? Right. Most people never gonna get to that point in their life Facts. where they get to be themselves openly and expressively. Mm-hmm. They have to be what's comfortable for the rest of the world when they see it. They have to be this person, this version. I don't want to be judged, right? Like I'm, I'm wearing, I got the crown strap, I got the the, the Machiavelli vest and the what? I'm putting that on every time. I don't mind being seen because I'm me. You can look at every part of me and that's me. I'm good. So the 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 idea of plagiarism comes from that fear. Like if if I show what I think, people might not like it. If I show what if I put on what I want to wear, so I'm gonna look at what everybody else has on and I'm gonna wear that because it's more comfortable to fit in than it is to be yourself and stand out. Yes. And they keep hunting mm-hmm. us by our insecurities. Black people have too many insecurities. The
3: 19, please, the
2: 19. The 19. The 19. I appreciate my pops for teaching me how to be a God. God. From a boy to a man and ultimately back into the natural state of being to a God. See, as God's supposed to always move with that higher self. And I have to be able to execute it. Having knowledge is not power, the execution of knowledge is power. Knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. Because the only real knowledge you can get is knowledge of self.
3: Level. The highest level is ownership. The highest level is power. The highest level is sovereignty. The highest level is higher consciousness. The highest level is when we own our
2: own books. is at a very high level. Not high level. Mm. I like that. It's time for
3: a high
0: level conversation. We're here
2: for another high level conversation. Another high level conversation. conversation. High level conversation. 19 keys and this is a high level conversation. Tap in with the guy. Peace, family. I'm 19 Keys. Welcome back to another High Level Conversations. Today, we have um, a difference. Its difference is, is that we've never had a designer on the show. And design is a language, right? Design allows us to be able to express and create the process of interaction, right? We are able to weave together in fashion what we believe through the way that we style ourselves and showcase who we truly are. Right. Some people don't know the language of how do I show up as who I truly am because we have to fit inside of all of these different boxes. One man may have to wear a suit for his job to show up as professional, but he may be more so, you know, a laid back, chill type of person. And he may want to show up in joggers. So oftentimes we don't get to show up at who we are. We have to reflect the environment. So we have to do it based on survival. And at the same time, when it comes to aspirations, black people in America are soul brands. Right. We sold these brands that fit to places that we're not supposed to be in. So it feels aspirational for us to buy things. Right. After segregation was ended, black people gave up shopping in their own neighborhoods and made it aspirational and ambitious to be able to afford to shop in white shops, to be able to wear white shoes, clothing, to be in their environments and in their air. Because at first, they said that we couldn't be there. And by saying that, they were saying that we were not worth it, that we were three-fourths of human beings. Now we are at this place to where we are at a precipice of seeing black brands be able to establish themselves in that same aspirational necessity as white brands have always. By seeing Kanye West, him being a brand leader, and seeing what happened to Adidas after he left them and they lost billions of dollars, whether you believe it was intentional or not, it was a masterclass on value. It was a masterclass on evaluation, right? It's a masterclass on the influence that black influencers, leaders, the culture that we have, period. Meaning that we drive all of the industries. We are the battery pack that gives spirit. We give seasoning to the food. We put it out there, man. We give rhythm to the atmosphere. And when I was thinking about having a good brother on the show, first of all, I have a connection because I used to have a store down the street from his. And you had this process where he would people would come in there and they would basically go through this journey of graduation right to be able to get some of his clothing and i thought that that was a brilliant you know um thing that he added into the ritual process of his brand anytime you're creating something luxury you have to first start with quality right meaning story branding psychology you have to understand product development design ethos right? You can't just jump in and say you want to create something. No, you got to get some background, some information, some education, some skill sets surrounding this. Everybody that has tried to design or do fashion has not done a good job, right? Most people fail at it, or most people only reach a certain uh, threshold, and then that's where they plateau. The good brother today, I don't think he has a limit on where this can go, and I say that because as I study his brand, He hasn't even, to me, utilized all of the avenues that he can utilize. For the most part, he has made a multi-million dollar brand just on Instagram alone, word of mouth, right? Establishing the characteristics of hip hop, community, celebrity, right, good style and design. Of course, he makes sure that he reaches all of those things that you needed to be successful, but when I think about the brands and the amount of money that they spend on branding every single year, I'm talking about tens to hundreds of millions of dollars and he is able to compete in a marketplace. Why? Because it's really a marketplace of creativity, right? The good brother Devon Carter has a great background as being a cosmic, creative human being. And by cosmic creativity, I mean that ability to be able to flow and generate the fecundity of ideas. I talk about fecundity a lot and that's when you can constantly come up with ideas. So no matter who plagiarizes from you, no matter who steals from you, you have something next. So I wanna first get into this conversation with the good brother. And the first thing I wanna talk to you about, my good brother, is the difference between plagiarism and influence. Okay, perfect,
0: I like it, oh, all, Thank you for having me, my brother.
3: That was beautiful, that was was dope, that was dope. So uh, the difference between plagiarism, right, and uh, inspiration, so for example, you see, right now Nike's been suing a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. I think recently it's just Bape. Yeah. So if you look at like the Bape studs, mm-hmm. it was an Air Force One with a star with a lightning bolt together, yes, sir. right? That literally. So when you do fashion, there's things called like in, in our shoes, it's a trade dress. So it's the blueprint. Mm-hmm. So it's what does the shoe look like? Black and white with no logo on it. Are all the patterns the same? Is every line on there the same? If so. Then you just plagiarize mm. because all you did was change the name on the homework, meaning you either took the swoosh off and put a lightning bolt or whatever. So that's plagiarism because a company like Mike, Nike has that patent trademark, and now they have it federally protected. This is why they're now going after all these people. Mm. Now, taking inspiration, for example, the first shoe that I ever designed, the one you were talking about when we did the graduation ceremony in the store, gave them the diplomas, was the Valley Victorian, which I see somebody here has the all red pair there. That shoe was inspired by two different Kanye West shoes. It was the Yeezy one by Nike, and it was the Louis Vuitton Dons that he did with Louis, with, with, with Louis Vuitton. And the reason why I picked those two shoes is because around that time <clears throat> when I was designing the shoe, Kanye was doing his rants where he was on um, Sway, like How Sway. And then he was doing the rants on, on on concert. And I was like, I don't feel like he's getting... He feels like he's not getting the right. proper credit for what he's done. And then when you really think about it, the easy one, that's the first time Nikes gave a rapper a signature shoe mm-hmm. as if they were an athlete. Right. Nike is still the number one retailer in the world. Now, this is a black kid from Chicago. Rapper, yeah. producer gets a shoe with the number one retailer. And then... The same year, he gets the Louis Vuittons.
1: Mm-hmm. He
3: designs the Louis Vuitton Dons. Louis Vuitton is the number one luxury fashion brand in the world, still to this day.
2: Yeah,
3: One guy from Chicago was able to get partnerships with both in one year. That's literally black history, right? So seeing that, I was like, you know what? I like the strap from this shoe, so I'm going to take the strap from this shoe. kind of like the, the, the beautiful leathers that Louis Vuitton uses and stuff like that. I like the, um, the pleating. So I put those two together. Now, if you hold that shoe to the easy one, it looks nothing like it. One, it's a low top, Mm -hmm. right? And then if you try to hold it to a Louis Vuitton shoe, it looks nothing like it because it doesn't really have anything from it. You know, so that's where you take inspiration and create something new. That's how everything in fashion works. Right. Because how many times can we make a shirt? What are you going to do, 24 pockets on it? Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to make one with 26. It's still a shirt, right? So it's what can you inspire from out of that to create something brand new? And even with... Nike makes football cleats. Adidas is going to make football cleats. Is Adidas or a Nike copy of each other? No. They're pushing the wheel.
2: They're pushing the wheel. So that, right. that's, that's the difference when you come to plagiarism. You know, when I think about it today, I think most of society is plagiarism today, right? Mm-hmm. And people, it's unwitting plagiarism okay. because a lot of people lack original ideas, right? So originality is uncommon response, right? Doing things differently, right? Then you will commonly see them. What most people are doing is that they're waiting for somebody to do something original, Mm -hmm. right? So that they can copy it. That's a fact. Right? And so look at the TikTok reality, right? One Mm -hmm. person does a dance. Well, I get rewarded if I copy that. So -hmm. we're rewarded for plagiarism. If Mm -hmm. I repost this, (laughs) then I get likes, right? That's true. So now we're waiting for the originators, the mm-hmm. people who are original, to do something next. Tell me what the next thing is so that I can do it yeah, as that, well. That
3: happened with TikTok, I you know, With the black yeah. creators, yeah. all the white kids, the cop, yeah. and they, like, and they know, got we tired not, of that. We're not going to create
2: nothing. <laughs> and, you and you notice the, the dances talk. ain't viral the, the, like they dances, used to.
3: The dances wasn't happening, because yeah. the black creators said, we're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about it like yeah. that. Yeah,
2: Originality yeah. is missing today because we're rewarded for plagiarism, right? So when you are original, you're taking a risk, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to do something that it's not that it's not even that it hasn't been done. Sometimes it could be in this time zone it hasn't been done. in the way it hasn't been done, you know, by somebody who looks like me, right? right, right so right, originality right. could be many different things. But there's a, a, a fear that comes in doing things original. Yeah. Every time that I feel like I've had a great success is when it was something I didn't want to put out. Mm-hmm. And that let me know I should do it you because do that's often, yeah. that's the zone one I'm stretching. Yeah. Right. I want to know a bit about your creative process, because I talked about the word cosmic creativity. And to me, like I said, that's when you in your flow. Mm-hmm. Right. Skills meets challenge is my definition of flow. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's say if LeBron says, I need you to design me a shoe tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. I need you to design me a shoe that's incorporated with all my stats of, you know, the amount of shots that I have, and this mm-hmm. is my Hall of Famer shoe. Yeah. Right. I wanted it to represent my career. What it number one, that's a challenge. Yeah. Because you like, damn. I think I already just did it in my head Look, you talking. You feel me? Yeah. See that's your flow. Like yeah. I I know I got the skills. I know yeah. it's a challenge, but right there in between I can get it done. Yeah. Right? So what's your process, though, when you in flow coming up with ideas? So, for example, like, say if it was something like LeBron. LeBron's like,
3: that whole thing you just laid out, I would be like, okay, his whole career. I would start going, Google first. I'm like, LeBron high school. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the high school. LeBron's AAU team. I'm trying to find any videos, every video that I could find mm. of LeBron. Then I'm reading about LeBron. What is LeBron's favorite thing? Some people don't know, like, What? What's his favorite food? Is it tacos or is it not, right? Just different things yeah. that I I will then take, whoever my subject is in that, in that aspect, and be like, listen, okay, this is what this person likes. Like the same thing I did with Steph Curry. It's just what they like. I start studying them. They become like my homework. Like if you're a battle rapper, you're you're studying your opponent to try right. to say the most stuff you can say about them to to make them weaker, mm-hmm. but it's the opposite of that. You're just studying them, all the things, all their strengths, what do they like, what's their favorite colors, what's this, and then how to put that together cohesively where it doesn't look like a mess, mm-hmm. and it looks like aesthetically pleasing. That's like a gift that I've always had since I was a kid. I just always, like, like we talked about earlier, creator. Always been creative. I create. I used to do music. I used to do art first, drawing, then music. Whatever way, it always was letting something out of my brain to create and get that off, right? So, it just depends on what the assignment is. If the assignment is, is like, for example, say if it's Kyrie, then I'm, I'm looking at everything about him. Mm-hmm. I want to know everything about him. I want to know everything he likes. All of this, and I'm gonna put it together, right? And then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna present it. Like, I'm gonna show you something real quick. This 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 this, this part right here. Though, I don't want you to put it on camera, but I want to show you what we just said, right? Yeah. So,
2: and I'm gonna show you this. No, cause that that Here we go. That, look. So we just talking about. Oh, look at that. We talking about
3: Kyrie, right? Oh, now look is at that. Does, does, tell me that doesn't oh, say him. Okay, I see what you did there. Right, right. Tell me when you look at that. You don't. You think of him.
2: Yeah. These because are I hard. studied
3: him, and I knew what I could do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So.
2: These are hard. Yeah. <laughs> Kyrie. This is hard. That's my boy too. So. Yeah, he good people. He's, he's yeah. a great person, man. And, and, and Kyrie's an artist, so you know yes. he like to have input. Uh, when I went up to his spot in New Jersey, he had a bunch of these paintings that he did mm-hmm. at the time. Like NFTs was blowing up and shit, so I was like, man, you need to sell some of these. But it, it was at the 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 height of the controversy he was dealing with at yeah. first. You know what I mean, but I know for a fact. Number one, there's a lot of factors that go into it, right? People have teams, people have a lot of different decisions you want to make because when you're an independent artist, right, no matter what field it is, you have more responsibility, right? And so there's less cushion when mistakes are made. It's not on you, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. the manufacturer, the supplier, the person you're in contract with. You know, it's much easier. It's like the difference between somebody doing... I was going to buy an embroidery machine. Mm -hmm. And I said, do I want to do it or do I want to contract somebody to do it? The difference is if I do it, every time there's a mistake, I got to pay for it. If I contract somebody to do it, every time there's a mistake, they got to redo it over and still get my order right. Exactly. Right? So those little small nuances of difference matter Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about business. Right. Right? So, you know, ownership, though, at the same time, if I got to think about can I have my employees get to a point where they're really good at it, and then they have to be passionate about it or they have to be in a situation where they need this job, right? So running your own operation is a completely different atmosphere, mm-hmm. right? But you have stepped out on the ledge of being not only a, a good creative, but it seems like a good business director at the same time, yeah. right? And the ability to be able to manage a clothing business. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to jump too far into that because we're yeah, yeah. going to step into that to a second. But yeah. the design process... Mm -hmm. You first talk about, because people ask me, Mike, my process of research, right? And that's sort of my design process, finding direction first, Mm -hmm. right? Getting inspiration, right? It's preparing the foundation of where is this going to go, Mm -hmm. right? It's sort of like gathering a mood board, but being more in-depth with it, right? right? So therefore, now that we established the foundation, right, we can design in this game. This is where everything will be pointing towards. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that to be an important aspect of this conversation because we don't think about design enough, right? Right, Like, creating your own design DNA, right? It actually makes the job easier when you're trying to scale mm. because now all you have to do is train people on the way that we design here. Yep. It's like a business principles, but mm. having design principles is key. So what are science design principles and how can a person go about, you know, creating their own if, if they have to figure out what's my design DNA? Right, so with me, first and
3: foremost, so I know how to sew, so um, I taught myself how to sew. Then I, after I uh, finished the military, I actually went to fashion school to learn because I always would create stuff I knew, but I I wouldn't even know the terminology for stuff that I was doing because I yeah. just knew how to do it. Yeah. So when I went to to sign up for fashion to fashion school, they were asking me like, "Why do you need to be here?" You know, like you're you you got a big Instagram yeah. following. You you make money doing shoes. I was like, "Well, one, I'm a customize. At the time, I was customizing mm-hmm. shoes." And I was like, no, I want to I want to build a brand, right? And I don't know how to do that necessarily to the to the scaling aspect, right? right. Because you want to think about like, okay, do you want a little small thing where you're doing t-shirts, sweatshirts, and stuff like that? Or do you really want to leave like a, a, a legacy where, you know, like people we've seen come before us, the Diddy's, the, the Jay-Z's, you know, Russell Simmons. I wanted to do something like that, but I didn't want to do it to that level. But I had to learn those things. I had to learn sourcing, mm-hmm. right? So I tell anybody... Who wants to do a brand? There's things that you already need to start. You need to start studying the stuff. If you okay, if you want a brand, a real brand, mm-hmm. study. But if you just want to hustle, it's different. Anybody right. can go on Alibaba and see stuff that's already made, and they'll put your logo on it. That's easy, right? But that's not you. That's not how you like to dress, right? Right? You're you're you're, you're curving your style to what's already available instead of creating, right? So the first thing I tell everybody, one, you got to be ready to sacrifice. Before I even started like my whole Saya brand, for a whole year, I was just researching manufacturers. Mm -hmm. I was designing stuff, sending it to them, seeing how long it would take them to get the sample done, then getting the material bag and like, nah, this is cheap. Like, I can't... So you waste a lot of time because a sample process for certain things should be 30 to 45 days plus shipping. So now... That that's that's patience. You gotta right. have that patience with these with these with these names. Then you also have to know what garments you're doing, right? You gotta know what a top weight is. You gotta know what a bottom weight is. You, you, you try to make some pants and using shirt material, you're gonna have see-through pants. Yeah. You have to know, you have to know that these are differences in fashion. You gotta know your, like I said, your top weights, your bottom weights, your textiles. You gotta know if your joint is 100 percent cotton, if you wash it and dry it, it's gonna shrink because the characteristics of the fabric you're using says that. Is going to shrink right right and then knowing your and then also knowing your materials you can't get got because one if somebody tells you my boots is 100 percent leather and they're waterproof they're lying right because there's no characteristic of leather that says leather is waterproof or water repellent so you That's have a, a synthetic fact. most of Nike stuff is synthetic they put a little bit of a mix into the leather they can say it's genuine leather when it's not
2: can they spray like a compound mix on there that'll make it? But resistant?
3: That,
2: you, you, they do have water repellents like CREP protect. They have stuff
3: like that, but that's not permanent. Mm-hmm. You got to hit it again. So yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. what happens when that first layer wears off? you told me my boost is waterproof? Yeah. Now they're not. Yeah. Right. So it's just things like that to everybody. Whatever you got to do, if you really bout it, you got to study. Yeah. We have to get back into studying and reading, which is what's like you were saying with the social media. Everything is instant access. Nobody wants to do the leg work. I grew up in a time where I was like, Mom, you know, I'm, I, I got to do this report on, you know, uh, Marcus Garvey. And she'd be like, well, you better get the encyclopedia and start with G, mm-hmm. you know. Now you got it on your phone. What did Marcus right, Garvey right, do? Right. Goop, But they don't know that. There's
2: no process.
3: They, like, and they still won't do it. Now yeah. it's easier. I used to have to spend through books, <laughs> yeah. go through pages. You have a phone that literally tell, can tell you any knowledge that you want. All you got to do is type it. They'll go in your comment section and type you a question that if they typed it in that's Googleable, Google, if they typed
2: it in Google, they would get. I tell people don't out. ask me stuff that's Googleable. Right, right. You know what I mean? That's different. Right. Like asking a the person, their perspective on it is different, but the right. actual thing, the knowledge that you can spend five seconds. Right. You telling me you want me to work for you? I'm not your slave. Exactly, and they don't like that. Yeah. Because they they want they think that especially if you are a public figure, you mm-hmm. owe them something. Right. Right. Which is a backwards thinking because the reason you feel that somebody in the public owe you something because they already gave you something, Mm -hmm. right? So it's a greed attached to it. Well, you already taught me this. Now you should teach me this. And now if you you do something, then you should teach me that for free as well. So it's like the more you give a person, the more they want. You understand me? So they become spoiled. So I learned, nah, Mm -hmm. it's not for you, right? And then at the same time, Understanding your customers, mm-hmm. your, your segment, because if I create something that's too expensive for you, you're not my target audience. Exactly. Right? That's easy. Like, I've learned that in life. Like, if I see something that I don't like the cost, I was never the target audience intended. Exactly. Whoever sees that price and they want it and they have a connection to it and they can afford it, that was the target audience. Yeah. So and I they, can't they don't be get mad. That either. They, yeah. they
3: get mad. They say, oh, why your stuff so? Why right. your stuff's
2: not cheaper? Right.
3: Why you don't ask Nike that?
2: Why you don't shop at Payless?
3: Yeah. Shop at, <laughs> right, there you go, right? Why you don't ask Nike that, though? Yeah. You think because a black person making it look like you, it should be lower. Right. Like, we got to stop that. Yeah. Because I don't make a million pairs of shoes in one drop. Right. Nike's paying five cents. That's a fact. Twenty-five. Three dollars. Yeah. And you ain't got no slave labor. Right. And I got to pay full price. Like, yeah. If I'm, if I'm making a shoe and I got to pay $120 to get the shoe. Mm-hmm. I'm selling. I got to sell it for at least three hundred dollars. Right. Because I got people to pay. I don't pay nobody slave wages. Yeah. Right. My my lowest employee makes eighty five k.
2: Yeah.
3: Right. So like.
2: And making a shoe is very hard. Right. Is. Like as you talked about that process going from three to four months. Right. Mm-hmm. Just to a uh, 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 thirty to forty five days rather just to get a sample back. Yeah. Right. And then if that sample not right, and you got to go through different iterations. Shoes oh, yeah. is the whole 90 days. Ooh, you can
3: yeah. be waiting for a sample. That's yeah. also about clothing. Yeah. Shoes is even longer. Yeah. You know, and then it's also hard, like you said, like to like the plagiarism thing, right? Like, why are so many people making shoes that look just like Nike this or Nike that? Because those people are scared, like you said, to put their own design out, then people don't rock with it. Right. But they'll rock with a shoe that looks like a shoe they already like. Because mm-hmm. that shoe is already the culture has done right. its job right. to make it's that shoe there. popular. So, you know, like, oh, it's a Jordan 1 and we switch the colors around. They got, they're going to like so it, it, it it's already. So,
2: it's, so it sounds like it's laziness. It is laziness. It's the, it's putting the work in to create a brand is, is key, right? Having a yeah. story around it, a meaning, right? What gives it, you know, uh, um, connection, right? Right. Like, there's an effect called the halo effect with a brand. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you have one good a, interaction with a brand, followed up by a few more, right, that mm-hmm. brand could do no wrong. Right. Right? When right. they did a study with Apple customers, they did a study psychologically to see, like, if they showed an Apple customer bad news, they took it personal. Right, because what a brand does, it becomes like a family member. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. in the same light, in that area where they show, you know, bad news for a family member, it lit up in that same area with Apple, but it didn't do the same for Samsung. So most people buy Samsung just to spite Apple. Yeah. Right. But people who buy Apple actually have emotional connection with the brand. Yeah. Because if you talking bad about Apple. It's like you're saying something bad about me because that's my brand. I have connection. I identify with it. Mm-hmm. Right? So being able to create a good brand, you create loyalist. Right? Like there's nobody that's gonna come and say anything about Sire without the Sia collective yeah. <laughs> on their ass. fast. Yeah, yeah, facts, <laughs> facts. They're gonna come for you. Right, but that's because of the 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 integrity of the yeah. work, the quality, the craftsmanship, mm-hmm. right? The intentionality of the design that you put into it. Mm-hmm. Those people know, like, no, what are you talking about? Like, I got my shoes. You can't mm-hmm. say he scammed me, right? Because I didn't bought five shoes from him, right? You have to go through the process and the intentionality. And right. in. I think the way you building your brand is you building it a very powerful way because you're doing it the hard way, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's much more easier routes a person can try to do to create shortcuts, Mm -hmm. but you're building up a real base, right? And as a brand, being able to see the early phases of any brand is key, right? To me, I see your brand at the same equal or higher level, right? Why? Because the creatives run the company, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the difference between either, you know, um, Startup brands, smaller companies or customized companies, black-owned brands, a lot of times it's the creative running it, mm-hmm. not some figurehead CEO that makes, right, and then they got a design team who may not be a creative yep. and then have to steal from other creatives to come yep. up with concepts. So, therefore, when you got a creative running it, you coming out with new shoes all the time, yeah. right? Like, And that's how shoe companies should be. Yeah. But we get used to the same base, the same shoe, switch a colorway, switch yeah. up a small thing. And so when you see somebody like yourself constantly putting out ideas, it seems abnormal,
1: yeah.
3: right? So it is. It is abnormal, right? Yeah. And it's funny. I'll tell you the story. So when I was customizing, this was the year, uh, was my second year of college and fashion school, um, the Curry 2 was out, and this was the year the words was 73, right? Mm-hmm. I always only customized Jordans because that's the shoes I wore all the time. So people started commenting on the conversation. Yeah. say, hey, why do you do Jordan? Why don't you a pair of Currys? Yeah. Right? Now, a lot of people don't know this, but that year, Steph Curry shoes outsold every single Nike shoe. Yeah. LeBron, Kobe, Kyrie, all, outsold all of them. So they're popular. In the Bay. I'm in the Bay yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 So they was like, customized. I was like, well, I think they was like 16 and 0. I said, yo, if they go 20 and 0, i do it. Mm. They was like 18 and 0. And I seen their record. I seen who they had to play next. I said, man, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I went to the mall. I went to the Foot Locker, bought a pair of Steph yeah. Curry. came home. I had already finished customizing them, yeah. so I was gonna wait. As Soon as that twenty, I put it out, and then somebody—the shoe went viral. Like this is Stephen Curry shoe. They're like yo, yeah. this shoe is fine. Like I, and I wore it with jeans. Nobody went to under. Armour. I was with jeans. I took the Under Armour logo off. Yeah, I hate that logo. Right. So I'm wearing it. Then somebody from Under Armour sees it. He they over in in, in London where they was filming Wonder Woman. They had to bring some stuff there. And he goes, listen, my name is Dre Wright. Work for Under Armour. You the first person I see make the shoes look, look dope. I work in the entertainment side. You know, he was responsible for signing The Rock, ASAP Rocky, and all of that. So I seen this email because I wasn't customizing shoes, so nobody. wants I was the college, I was like, I'm gonna be focused on school. And I seen it was Dre Ryder Underarm. I said, Okay, he really is somebody. He said, What's your address? Give yeah, him my address. The next day, I had a FedEx truck pull up with just a whole bunch. Like if I was a top recruited, like football player, all kind of shoes, underwears, all that stuff. A FedEx truck, like thirty yeah. boxes. Then the next day, I said, Okay, this guy's somebody. So they courted me. I went to Baltimore, and see, I'm one of those people, I'm from the hood, so when I, I'm a watcher. So I get there, and I'm in their shoe, their shoe design department. Mm-hmm. At this time, I didn't even know I had the skill set to design shoes, right? I'm, I just know whatever shoe you show me, I can show you how to make it better. That mm. was my skill set as a customizer. So I'm looking, I'm like, yo, why they got Nike shoes in here? Why they got Adidas shoes in here, right? Mm. And then on another trip, when I had my interview, it was in Portland, because that's where most people put their footwear companies, because when Nike... Doesn't treat the employee right. They're going to quit Nike. They're going to work at Adidas yeah. or Under Armour. So now I'm there at the footwear place, and they got the same thing. They got different Nikes. And then I thought about it. I said, yo, they see why that shoe is popular, what makes that shoe, so they can make their own version of right. it. Right? So I seen that. and I, But I also seen, like you said, the company may hire a creative, or not just somebody they hire to design the designer stuff, and they may not be creative. They may want to steal your stuff. Right. right? So I said, I looked, and I was like, damn, each one, I said, this Under Armour, They was number two at the time. Nike was number one. They was number two. I was like, they had about 30 people. So I said, when I started designing shoes, I said, all I got to do is, as one person, just do the work of 30 people. Yeah. And I literally do that every day. Like, it's me and my boy now that I went to college with. But I literally, every day, I wake up and I design. I work from home. So I go from upstairs, I go right to my garage, to my office, and I'm designing every mm-hmm. day something. Yeah. If, I don't, if a day goes by and I don't design, I feel like I get withdrawals. Yeah. Like I love it. Yeah. Right? And, and not only that, like when I was a customizer, I wanted to be the first customizer that's a millionaire. So I invented a dye for the rubber on the soles. So I had this thing called sole dye. So if it was like Jordan Elevens and the soles, you remember they used to turn pissy yellow? Mm-hmm. I made a dye that could turn to red it won't come off. Mm. Red, blue, any color. And I used to sell a half-ounce bottle, concentrated, for $25. You used to charge five dollars to ship it. It cost me 50 cents to make it. Mm. I was making like 30 grand a month. Yeah. Off of selling this dye that I was mixing in my sink. Yeah. And from there, I'm watching Shark Tank. I'm like, everybody sell a company for $100,000. Give me $100,000, and I give you 30% of my company. But they made $4 million. So the math wasn't mathing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so how do you make $4 dollars and you, for $100,000, you get 30% of this. It mm-hmm. never made sense. Yeah. So, one thing I said, I said, I'm gonna save all my money. So, I got 100K. So, I'm never on Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank, but I'm not gonna be in on there <laughs> telling all my trade secrets, saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we paid 10 cents for this. We sell it for $50. Cause now yeah. you pay 10 cents, the customer knows you are right. 50. They might not want your shit no more, right? So, so, I seen that. So, from there, I was like, you know what? Boom, I did that. I ate like I was poor. Top ramen, mm. saved all that money. Mm. And then that's when I started coming up with, like, you know what? It's time because now, not only do I have 100K, right? Now, no company, my oppressor can't tell me no. Yeah. I could have got $100,000 worth of school loans, mm-hmm. right? $100,000 of school loans can give it to you like this, sign your name. There you go, send your bank account because now they own your leverage. It costs people 30 years to pay back them loans, yeah. right? But if I go to the bank, like, give me 15K, I want to open this old... The storefront in Oakland, they're gonna say no mm-hmm. because 15k you could pay that back up for one good month, right? And guess what? Your oppressor not gonna finance your freedom, they're
2: not gonna finance your freedom. No, I knew that. <laughs> you, 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 you're saying something that's very key peace, family. There's power, structure, order, community, intelligence, liberation, freedom. These are words that describe what we're doing and what we're building. See, there's a word of individualism out there, you're fighting to try to satisfy your ego instead of being a part of an eco. And once you become a part of an ecosystem, now you have wisdom around you. Now you have intelligence. Now you have a mastermind of those who know more than you. And once you have access to information, technology, community, and education, now you have all the things that you need in order to build your own foundation, your own nation. You understand me? This is my family, and I want you to join it as well. Make sure you tap into the Block World Order so we can get you together. You, you, you're saying something that's very key. Just you know, that hundred thousand dollars is, is is interesting because most people will consider hundred thousand dollars, you know, good amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when I prayed my first hundred thousand dollars at a job, right, or having a job that paid me six figures. 000, yes, six I, that was a, that was a thing. Six figures was the who, <laughs> right? I worked for Prada, right? So I worked for Prada for a number of years. I was like the top salesman up there, right? So, you know, I was learning to speak, you know, Mandarin and everything. Like, I was the best you go get up there. I'm I'm mastering the sciences of it. Right. So at the same time, you know, as a brand, I realized that, you know, I'm selling them like three and a half million dollars per year. Right. But I could never be a millionaire doing that. Right. The amount of money that I could spend on a hundred thousand dollars salary and the amount of money that I can save. If I did and equaled that math out over time, it would take me, shit, 10 years to have $100,000 in the bank. Yep. But if I look at the fact that if I can make you millions of dollars, what happens if I focus that energy on myself, right? I know for a fact if I'm not making it selling $3.5 I can at least sell 500000 I can at least sell, you know, half of that or a quarter of that, which is still more than what yeah. you're paying me. So it kind of goes to that whole evaluation, mm-hmm. like what is your skills worth, though? It's not what somebody pays you. It's what you can get out of them. Right. Right? And so, for me, I started thinking about my own skill sets. But working at Prada, I was able to steal those skills from that job and use them for myself. So, immediately after I fired Prada is when I started my um, business in Oakland, right? So, then I learned how to create customer experience. I learned how to do Mm -hmm. merchandise. And I learned to understand the story of a brand Mm -hmm. was important and what made a a, a product luxury, right? The quality of it, Mm -hmm. right? Why people like things. Why people buy things. So... As you talk about going through the education and the studying, that was key. And then I looked around and I see everybody, they try to sell black brand, right, or, or, or black symbolism, but they don't put any quality in it, mm-hmm. right? So I always tell people, put the quality before the message, Thank you. Right? Thank you. Because Thank if, you. if I like the style and I like it, I'm going to wear it regardless of what the message is. Right. But don't try to sell me just on the message. Yeah. Right, because tired it, of that. It's clothing. <laughs> clothing yeah. says a lot about a person. So if you give me some cheap clothing, it's a nice message, but now it cheapens the message and mm. it cheapens my expression. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to put that on. Right. right? And so as it, it, entrepreneurs and designers, if we're going to take over these spaces, we have to do better than the people who currently control the spaces. Exactly. Right. And we live in a time where it's easier than ever to get into production, to get into new industries. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, when I'm looking and trying to source somebody, I end up finding, I think, somebody out in Pakistan. Right? I own a the factory there. Yeah, see? You already know. I already own, I own it, it was hard finding somebody back in the day. Now, yeah. if you say you're looking for somebody, they're at DMU on Instagram. yes. yes. Right, so the to process find one is, is different. different. Scammer. Yeah, they they was I don't lost ten bands. Yeah, rocking with Yeah, yeah. No, the first time I had to send the money wire. I, the Western Union. You know, yeah, I ain't know what was going Yep, yep. I'm like, damn, man. I just sent the money and I just gotta wait. Mm-hmm. But to that point, though, you know, designers of today, like, if you are giving them advice on how to take their brand from, you know, a T-shirt brand, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, you've had overcoats. I remember back in the day, all the NBA players and people was wearing your coats and mm-hmm. things of that nature. They was fly as hell, different mm-hmm. patterns and cuts. Yep. And at the time, I'm working that product, so I'm looking at it. and I'm like, "Yo, this is equal quality to yeah. what they selling over here, mm-hmm. right?" And so, if you're going to create a clothing brand, most people create a merchandise brand. They're mm-hmm. not really creating anything yeah, from scratch. They're not, they don't understand pattern, cutting, yep. none of those. Just that process of getting samples, most people probably would never even understand that. Mm-hmm. So how does a person go from regular hustling brand, merchandise, to designer luxury brand? So with me, it was like this: like, what do you like to
3: wear, right? I remember going into the mall for a while and it's like I'll leave the store without nothing because there's mm-hmm. nothing that I like, right? So that's what how I actually started learning how to sew, teaching myself. So I tell anybody, if you want to take your brand to the next thing, how you going to sell, right? You going to sell a t-shirt but then everything else you have on is all these other brands. Mm. So if you like whatever say the fear of god sweatpants or whatever, you like how that f- buy it. Yeah. Send it to your manufacturer. Yeah. Say I like the way this pattern is, I like the way they fit, they slim leg. So now you just bypass the whole pattern thing. Or you cuz you just brought a That's pair a of clothes that you like the way it fit and now you just change the design but now you have the pattern fit yeah. just by buying that. Right there, you save them. Especially if you're dealing with China, they can copy anything
2: masterfully. Mm-hmm. So they're going to copy it exactly. That's fact. And made in China is no longer a bad thing. <laughs> no, made in
3: China was never a bad thing. It never thing. was, but the no, stigma. No, it's the advertising because Gucci is made in China. Mm. Louis Vuitton is made in That's China. A fact. All of these brands, anything that is ready to wear fashion, yeah. which means you're going to buy that even Marcus, it was made yeah, in a sweatshop. Yeah,
2: because all they... Uh, outlet stuff was all made in China. Yeah. Or, or Taiwan. Even their regular stuff. But see, this is the thing. Well, that was the game where it was finished.
3: Yes. And they put a... They'll make it in China, send it to Italy, and right. then put the care label... Right. Because you can't sell stuff without a care label. Right. You know? So they'll put the label on there, and now
2: it's finished. Like so they really shoes. should say finished... In Italy.
3: But but they, they wanted the they wanted that wording so they could say that's where right. it's made. Wherever a garment is finished, it's considered final. Right. Until it's until it's actually ready to be sold and put yeah. on a rack, it's not made yet, yeah. right? So that's what they do. But if you think about it it's like this, right? You got I got common sense, you got common sense, right? So we know everything we know about China. They make everything, right? Mm-hmm. So if I want a dope suit made, am I gonna go to this new country? Where I don't know what y'all do. Y'all just started sewing last year. Or well, I'm gonna go to the people that have been sewing for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Who, who gonna give me better craftsmanship on mine? It's probably the person with the most experience. That's a fact. And that's China, right? So I learned that. So if it was certain, certain things like, I like the way your pants fit, I'm like, damn. So if I buy those pants, now I can get the pattern and just change the design to my aesthetic. Right. But I like the fit. So that's that's one. Because it's stuff, you, most people who have a brand, I see them, they wear everybody else's stuff but their own. When they could just like, hey, I really like, like you said, if it's something I like, if I like these off-whites, I'm going to buy all of them in every color because right. that's what I like. It's a lot of people's way the way they wear jeans. They like their jeans a certain way. If you like your jeans, buy the pair you like, send it to your manufacturer. Have them copy the pattern from that, but don't plagiarize the design. Make your own design. Mm-hmm. But now you have the fit that you want. That's step one right there. Right. Because now... You're, we're no longer seeing you just wear your T-shirt uh, with your cool saying. Right. Now we see you got your, your 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 jeans. Even the wash. If you like the way a pair of jeans, the way they washed it, the fade, send them the jeans. So yeah. now you have the fade you want. You have it the way you want. If you want it to look more vintage, send them it, because all these factories can copy anything. Because now they have something to to mirror it to, mm-hmm. and that way you you save a lot of time on 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 samples. Right getting the wrong thing that you don't want and then quality learn your GSM weights every hoodie is not the same you get a hoodie at Walmart that thing is light that's why it's $8 because mm-hmm. the GSM is probably 120 yeah you probably want more so 450 480 now you talk about the couture the luxury hoodies because it's heavy enough to damn near be a jacket but you got to know these things this is why I say you got to read you got to study like when I was in, uh, in the Fashion Institute we had machines where we take the fabric and run it through it and see how long it would go before it tear. Mm-hmm. Tensile strength. When I went to Under Armour, I got to see them do a whole lot of science with, with fashion, like even with winter clothes. They'll go in a booth and it'll simulate rain, snow, and all that. Mm-hmm. Then they come out and they see if any tear, if it, if it stood mm-hmm. the test of time.
2: And see, that's even the, the sciences as you break them down, those are uh, amazing selling points, right? Mm-hmm. When I used to sell, that was a, that was the easiest way to sell was to have as much knowledge about the product as possible, mm-hmm. right? Because as a person is making their decision, you just feeding their decision making mind. Why am I about this? Right? That you giving them facts that they don't even know nothing about. You understand mm-hmm, me? In mm-hmm. nineteenth century, <laughs> yeah. And they go tell that to the person when right. went, yeah, you know, this yeah, was, yeah, know this. was a, a, <laughs> in the of the mountains of Japan. They got this denim from. Right. And there was one guy on a camel with a horse. It was a one eye alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> And they got it from that. This is why this is special. <laughs> right. But, but what you building is you created meaning and connection. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, every time my, somebody used to come in my shop, I used to give them a story on why I created I never created anything without meaning. Exactly. So when I connected them to that meaning, they would leave now already feeling something about this symbol in this shirt. Then they would buy it. I had shirts that said "Black Guy Protocol" and white people was buying it because when I broke it down, they had to leave with some. Either yeah. it was white guilt, but it still, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still was selling, right? <laughs> but you know, I, I, I want like if I meet an entrepreneur and they uh, a designer and they tell me that their brand name doesn't have a meaning, I'm not buying it. No, like, not that's, at all. That to me is the first red flag. You not understand at me, all. like. Make up a meaning yeah. Create an attachment Because right. if it don't mean nothing to you It's not going to mean nothing to no. nobody else No. Higher consciousness Meets fashion Meets design Meets a representation of your higher self How do you actually earn your crown? You got to have some knowledge yourself You have to be actively working on a path Consistently doing something great in your life Right? Now You don't have to be a billionaire You don't have to be a celebrity I know I've crowned many people throughout my time but it's more so about you recognizing who you are and you having something that connects to that in your everyday fashion, in your everyday style. You'll never see me without my crown. Why? Because it represents who I am and I want that to communicate every single time I walk outside. The sun, moon, and stars represent freedom, justice, equality, and enlightenment representing truth and a universal mind tapped in to the frequency of higher consciousness and purpose. If you want to represent those same standards at a higher level, and you want to have something that you can adore that represents your rulership in this universe, make sure you tap in and go to Crowns 19 and crown yourself. I'm 19 Keys, the designer of crowns, and I want to see you get crowned. What do you think right now about the opportunity we have as designers and things of that nature? Because there's a lot of growing brands, right? right. You got your brand like Milano, right? You see Tail right? Yeah. Shout out to Dope Era, because he said I ain't shot him out the last time. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Dope Era. Uh, when you see these brands growing, they have like literally the ability to be the next, right? You know, billion dollar luxury brand. Yeah. But you know, what is it going to take for them to go from, you know, tens of millions of dollars to a hundred million dollar brand? You know, it's it's the customer,
3: right? That's why, like, a lot of people like my stuff, because I always tell them. Like, when I go on Instagram Live, people who want to do clothing, they get the knowledge, because I'm never selfish with the knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So, it's, it's teaching a customer, like how you said you work in a product store right and then you see my coach and you was like yeah that's the kind of same quality we were selling mm-hmm. because I know those qualities because I grew up in this fashion thing so I know like okay I do direct to consumer so I said you know what I know how I can beat them at mm-hmm. their own game like the products and stuff I said listen I could sell you the same jacket for a fourth of the price even if the the jacket I sell it for 300 they're going to sell it to you for 4000 300 still might be a lot to you mm-hmm. but to the person who knows what that jacket actually right. really is worth. when they, They're like, I can't believe he's selling this for $300. He's right. giving it away. Right? Because I have people who actually know fact. that. When I was on the breakfast club, Envy couldn't believe my prices. Because mm-hmm. he buys in Neiman Marcus. Right. And he's seeing better stuff in front of him for way less. And he's like, it don't make sense. But it does. Because I knew my strategy. I said, alone. So now if I make you pay $300 for the same jacket they sell them $1,200, you're never going to go back to them. Because mm-hmm. now, as a customer, you're going to feel like they robbed you. But you'd be like, why would I do that when well, I can get it for three and fact. get three of them from and him? the
2: same or better quality and, and style. Best. And I
3: use cashmere too. Right. So they not even selling, that, that's the regular wool. And then most of these companies are not selling you wool, they're selling you acetate. Right. It's not real wool. Mm. I'm selling you 100% wool. I'm not selling you acetate. You know? And you learn that by, you burn it, that thing burns, it smells mm. funny, the yeah. smell, it lets you know it ain't real wool. Yeah. You know? And this is also by going to school and learning these things, right? I didn't know that these companies, I go in these stores. And, uh, and I, like, uh, I think at the time, uh, what was it? The Balmain jeans. Mm-hmm. They was, like, $1,300. Then I go across the street in San Francisco to Zara, and they had the same jeans, and I'm feeling the denims. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm yeah. feeling the weight because we learned this in school. Yeah. It's the same, But these are $80. Yeah.
2: And
3: these is $1,300. Yeah. Because the reason why they fool us because they make us fall in love with their brand. hmm And then it's like, there's no reason. There's no knock Mike Michael Miri, but there's no reason why he should be selling jeans, and you don't know him for that much, so why he can do that? He's not even from the fashion right. thing. He used to go shopping for Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. But he can sell you a regular Kai t-shirt for $300 because it's advertising and it's marketing mm-hmm. and it's free marketing from rappers. That's, that's the only, And like I say, that's no disrespect to Mike and Mary at all. But I'm just pointing out how how can other black... How can black brands actually get that? You'll right. never see uh, Armenian... On his page saying his prices are too high. He sells $1,500 jeans, more than that. Mm-hmm. But none of his people from his culture ever go and complain about his prices on his page.
2: And you're not going to see them drip themselves in black brands and no. advertise them purposely and brag about paying no. for it. No, they're not. Ever. They're not. And that and that was the other reason when I was on Breakfast Club, I was like, look,
3: if you want my stuff, you're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your shout outs. Yeah. I don't care about none of that because my kids don't eat shout outs or none of that. That's a fact. But... When you give people your, and when you're a black-owned company, and you give people your stuff for free, they already think black is cheap. So now you have gave it to them for free. They have no worth in it. They have no mm-hmm. value in it. So you just you just kind of killed yourself off. I knew a black brand when I was building my brand called Beyond the Pen. He made some nice stuff. He was giving stuff away to rappers, this and that. He no longer has his business mm. because you can't recoup. What you sold if you done gave it away
2: and then the shout outs never came. Right. And I think that's I think that's the bigger part. It's the reciprocation. Because, you know, my strategy, one of the things, if I if I look at it, I'm gonna look at, you know, the margins of the product, right? And the margins let you know how much room you got to give away things, how much profit you was mm-hmm. gonna make. Cause the cost of that, number one, is the wholesale cost of that product, right? Yeah. When I give it away. I'm not I'm not really giving away, right, the retail cost. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving away, right, the actual cost that it cost me to give that away. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about giving it away to celebrities, public figures, influencers, the strategy works if it's contractual that they have to then post it and wear it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when they don't, now you can't recoup anything. You just sent it over there and it disappears. Mm-hmm. So the idea of it is, and, and this is more so the intentionality, is, is you're essentially doing a partnership. Mm-hmm. Right that you're saying that I'll give you this free stuff, right? And, well, I think a lot of people kind of stingy with the amount that they give away because mm-hmm. we kind of associate the retail cost like, no, I'm giving away a $1,000 jacket. No. No, you're giving away whatever your right. cost was. You're giving so, away yeah. that. Now, look at that as a marketing budget. Mm-hmm. Now, you say, now, that if I give you this jacket, are you wearing it in a video shoot? Are you wearing it in a story post? Are you, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if I give it to an athlete, are you walking down a tunnel? You understand mm-hmm. me? And getting that look that I can then utilize, advertise, leverage, so the strategy matters. Mm-hmm. The problem is with black brands. A lot of times, all the time, we mm-hmm. don't have that aspirational where I'm wearing this to brag. Yeah. Right. Right. And so no, we wear everybody else stuff to brag, to brag about how much we pay for, how fly we look in it. It mm-hmm. comes from this other culture, and I'm showing it off, saying you can't get this. Black mm-hmm. brands feel more accessible, mm-hmm. right? So therefore, we don't brag about when we put them on. Mm-hmm. And so if we, and this is the instant formula of just changing that whole thing, if And this is why we talk about rappers and athletes and public figures Mm -hmm. so much, because they have the ability to change the narrative overnight. Right. Right. Just by wearing it and bragging about it. You also have to be mindful who you're giving the stuff to.
3: Yeah. Because there's people, I don't, I don't go look at, let's see, I don't look at Drake's page for fashion. Right. He's not a fashionable guy to me, right? That's That's not really his thing. He just makes dope music. So if I send him a, a jacket, he don't even tag the stuff he wear. Yeah. So they're going to be like, oh, it, nobody's looking at it. Now, if you gave that jacket to Kanye he wore, everybody is going to blow it up. Yeah, it's going to pick up yeah, the blogs it, and become So hype. a lot of people be giving stuff to yeah. people, and it's just a wash because nobody is really looking at that person mm-hmm. for that. So that's not really a partnership that aligns with your brand. So with me, the thing that I've always wanted to do was I don't want no hype. I haven't built my brand off of hype. We're yeah. to $50 million in sales. Mm-hmm. Right? And I Talk did, your stuff then. Bro, man. Can you say that one more time slowly $50 for $50 million man. in sales. Yes, sir. And check this out. Organically? I, I, I don't have one. Never have I ever had one paid ad. Mm. This is all off of me, word of mouth, showing you dope product, constantly creating. right? So that's a
2: $500 million brand you just told me yes. about.
3: And it's going to keep going because next year, what I got in the bag, you already seen some of the stuff. What I got in the bag is just going... Yeah. And I love it because I'm already rich, And I never thought I would be rich. And money, being rich, don't even mean nothing to me. I live like I make 80 grand, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm happy. I get to do what I love every day. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to keep showing out and creating because my kids are straight. My wife's straight. We straight. So now it's just had this fun. Because I done did something that... Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you... Like even when I, when I when I was talking with another interview about the whole the whole Kyrie situation, I was like this. Regardless, wherever they go, whatever they decide, that's dope. But you're never gonna find me, because nobody can say I used to work at Nike. I started my own brand and I made fifty million in three and a half years mm-hmm. with no advertisement
2: mm-hmm. at all. Yo, we <laughs> we 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 got to hold on this part because. Right now, there's a lot of, I'm talking about amazing entrepreneurs, especially black entrepreneurs, doing some shit that ain't never been done before organically. I'm talking about no ads, no nothing. It's just pure off the strength of creative thinking right, and Mm -hmm. execution and making tens of millions of dollars. Now... I know for a fact that less than 1% of, like, you know, VC and funding money goes towards black people. Right. If this was, if you was a white man standing in front of me right now saying you had $50 million in sales, mm-hmm. somebody would be trying to give you a billion dollars. Not going right? to happen. They'd be trying to give you hundreds they they of millions of dollars. they give me a billion, I might that take A billion it. is a big B. But, yeah, <laughs> I might have to take the, it. But the
3: thing with me is that they, no, but, but, if you but, did that, but, but, look, quick, quick question. Like, if you did that to me, right, you said you, you say you give me $500 million, right? Uh-huh. And then now that means you just own my brand and I guess and I you got to sit and do nothing. I can't take that money. Right. Because now you're taking away that every day, that right. purpose that of creating and trying to show the younger designers or other people of color who design that, yo, we can make it. Now you just snipe me because that's what they did to all of the brands. Rockerware, Fubu, all of these brands got brought by major VC capitalist uh-huh. firms. And then they killed the brands because they don't want the competition.
2: Yeah, but that, and, and that to me is a bad deal. And, and that's probably been the biggest issue with all black partnerships with these brands. It's just bad deals. Mm-hmm. And those become bad deals because when you don't have nothing, right, you're going to take the best thing smoking. Mm-hmm. Right. And that becomes an industry standard. Yep. Right. Well, so-and-so took a deal like this. And that's how they hit you in the meetings. Well, come on, man. You know, well, called it did this same kind of deal. And you're like, oh, OK, well, I should do it, too. Mm-hmm. No, you got to customize that deal and think about the future. Right. So these slave deals mm-hmm. like Kanye West talked about, when that contract's so long, you don't understand nothing. You know, they do that to hide things inside of them mm-hmm. that later on is going to hit you. It's like the side effect. Right. It's, it's a bad deal. It's like, you know, you take a prescription drug, then yeah. side effects. Hey, you know, you might die later on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way down to the bottom the real little yeah. tiny writing, <laughs> Right. Might cause heart effect. Yeah. Like so that's how it is. It's like, you know, you might be depressed later on. You might lose your joy for this. You might lose a sense of self. Right later on, you might feel like a slave because you don't feel like you own yourself anymore. Right. They're not going to tell you that up front. No. You don't get the joy of getting the money and then realize you lost yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's more important to construct because I think ownership is something you have the ability to leverage, right? Mm-hmm. Leveraging ownership is key because let's say if you build a million dollar brand, you can have that whole million dollar brand to yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you take in a partner and they make it with 10 million dollar brand and you own half of that, that's more than you would have had by yourself, mm-hmm. right? So us being able to leverage ownership is definitely a key. we just seen, um, what, what's the brother's name, QMCEO? Oh, Pete. Oh, uh, P. P. He P. They sold for $300 million. They sold million. The, the brand. And that's a different industry, but it's the same thing. These investors, a lot of them are Asian investors, mm-hmm. you know, big funds. They're buying into music catalogs because the streaming is worth more. Right, and even the royalty fees is becoming higher. Mm -hmm. So they're not buying it for what it's worth right now, they're buying it for what it's going to be worth Mm -hmm. based on a growing industry. Mm -hmm. Apple Music was all over Super Bowl. You understand? When you seen Rihanna, that was Apple Music, Mm -hmm. right? So they are going, I think they got 180 million subscribers and they're going to continue to grow. So they're looking at these industries and as an entrepreneur. Yes, you may want the money to leverage that for whatever you have, or maybe it's just the biggest thing that you've gotten thus far. Mm-hmm. But they get to play a bigger long-term game. Right. They get to own the culture, right? And so when we take it personal, when we see these things happen individually, that may have been the greatest deal of your life. Mm-hmm. But as a culture, we think collectively, like, damn, they just bought that piece of the culture, that piece of the culture. What do we own at the end of the day?
3: So that's what I was saying. So I was like, I was like, yo, they own. I, was, Me and my wife was talking. I was like, you know, you see... Dr. Dre sold this catalog. Right. He first sold this catalog. I said, yo, at the end, black people are not going to own any. We ain't going to own music. nothing. And so like, the, so, like, the question that you're saying, like, even with me is like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not having you work with me, like, like buying my company. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Because I'm still successful mm-hmm. and I'm having fun. And that's legacy right? brand. Right. And that's legacy, right? So, why sell it when mm. I got something I could do with my kids later in life right. and keep, and just seeing, what we could do on this on our own. Because once you sell it, it's just like that still becomes the thing, because we've never seen
2: somebody... That's, that's, that's partly the fear, right? That we can't do this ourselves. Right. So I must give it away to somebody else and let them take it to the moon. No, see, and, and the great
3: thing is like, now we have access to everything. Like I've been to China, I've been to these factories. Mm-hmm. Said, this is what these companies do. Yeah. Back in the days, this wasn't even thought of. Like, oh yeah, I can go on WhatsApp or WeChat and talk to somebody from China, they speak English, they be like, yo, I'm going to fly out there. They tell you where to stay the hotel. We're going to pick you up. We're going to take you around. Yeah. So now you have those same type of connections that we couldn't get before. Right. Right. So now that we have those connections, I don't want to be like people see like Sian Collective. They're like, yo, that I, we watched that brand build, like literally. People think this is some overnight stuff. Like I started customizing shoes in 1997 in Jamaica mm. Avenue, Queens. Yeah. Right. I didn't start my brand until 20 years later. I had, had a whole career in the military. I had to readjust. You know, I said, I ain't making a ritual for fashion. I told my sister, she was in the army. I said, I'm not doing the army. I ain't trying to kill nobody, but I'll do this other military brands, Coast Guards, more like the police of the ocean. I did that. It became 11 years doing it, nine years retired. I said, nah, I, I got this passion and I gotta chase this thing. All right, so I did that and people seen that. They seen the, the customizer page, now they see the brand, they see athletes, they see us in talks with, with basketball players for maybe a signature shoe and these things. But we, I personally have never seen somebody do that in history. So I can't be the guy who's doing it and then be like, Nike hits me up and like, yo, we want to buy Sia for $500 million. But now I know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. It's dead. It's right. done.
2: No, we, we we need to create, like them legacy brands is key, right? Because Nothing to course, brag about, like you said. Our culture gets to be inspired by, you know, these brands and then take from them and then try to reconstruct them and, and design things. But you know, when we look at somebody like Dapper Dan, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Dapper Dan made Gucci street fashion, right? For the culture cool, right? And from what I know that he don't have that same deal no more, right? He doing stuff with Gap and things Mm -hmm. of that nature, right? But the symbols that Gucci created was a a, a symbol of luxury, right? Mm -hmm. It was a a meaning. And when you create a symbol, the symbol is more powerful than anything. Mm -hmm. Because now somebody else, if they borrow that symbol, they can take this skill, craft around it, and create value. And that's what he was doing. But it's more important to make your name the symbol that exactly. is the value. And so what we do is we try to put our names next to symbols mm-hmm. so that we can look valuable. See, I, I one thing I, I like to buy brands. This is all black on right here. I customize this stuff right here, man. Mm-hmm. You know everything on. We got, <laughs> you, you know we designed. Let them know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, details. Uh, but it's the symbols that matter. I put the star and crescent on everywhere I go. You understand me? I represent them cosmic symbols. You go, you go look up at the moon and the sun and the stars, you might have to think about me, right? But being able to take that, symbols go into our DNA, you can't tell a symbol no, right? right? Because it creates a, uh, a communication, it's language. It creates a feeling. Once mm-hmm. we feel about something, it inspires us in different ways. And so our ability to be able to have these long-lasting names and brands and create new symbols in a culture that represents our prosperity, our growth, our class, our wealth, that's key. So you have to think about it bigger because they're going to automatically leverage the narrative that you can't do better than what I'm going to give you. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe not right now, but in the future I can. And but if I hold on to this, my children are going to be doing better
3: and, and, they, and better, they got more leverage. Whatever their better is, I have to value what your better is. Right. I don't value your better. Yeah. Because I value what I think is better. Exactly. What you ever see me, I sit courtside. I'm always a sire. Yeah. And all the players from both teams, when they see me, they looking, who's that guy? Yeah, I'm in black
2: luxury. We and they gotta, look better than that stuff you got man, on. We gotta stop. You said something earlier. We you can, I gotta stop creating these beautiful brands. And then once you get the money, the way you showcase the celebration of your success is by buying everybody else's brand and stepping outside. Like, look, I made it.
3: Yeah, your brand that. should be the look. I made it exactly. And that's and that's it. When I'm out there, yeah, I ain't wearing nothing but yeah. Sire. Yeah, and they see that you got on these leather jeans yeah. and this leather jacket. Like, and they like, who's that? I said, It's my That's yours. You and not even want to know. Straight to consumer, baby. Yeah. Because why am I going to give them half of what I made without them doing the work? It make no sense. As soon as you put your stuff in the store, like you said, you're giving it to them at wholesale. Yeah. Now, I may sell it to them wholesale, $300. they are going to sell it for 1200 mm-hmm. That may not even be the price point I wanted because I'm not trying to price my people out. But I want them when they have the dope stuff on. Like, I sell leather pants, leather jeans for $250. Yeah. You got people selling regular thin fast fashion jeans for 1300 dollars mm. So the people who win it, they know. They like, yo. We
2: gotta stop buying brands and buy quality. Yeah. That's, that's always been my thing, buy that, quality. So that's
3: that's how I was able to continue to do what I do because I teach them the quality. I used to bring out a scale and put, you know, put like a shirt on it. I said, this is a t-shirt. Now, theirs is two ounces. This is an eight-ounce t-shirt. How long do you think this is gonna last over that? That's and this one costs less. So I try to. I've been trying yeah, to. I like teach. them
2: six ounce shirts, man. Right,
3: you got to You got to. You know what I'm saying. You have to teach your customer, like what's quality, because now, like when I grew up, there was no fast fashion. There's no H and M, none of that stuff, and nobody went shopping every week. You brought pieces because mm-hmm. you brought quality. That's why people like to go thrifting now mm-hmm. because they're gonna go to the thrift shop. They're gonna get a shirt from the '80s. That was made to last forever. These clothes now are last to wash. That's to, a fact. They're made to last three spin cycles and it's a wrap. The buttons are gone, everything. Like, so the quality, everybody's doing trends, trends, trends. And these trends, since social media, if you wanna show outfits, show outfits, show outfits. So they're out here overly buying stuff that they don't need because they're buying perception. They wanna show people, like, yeah, I'm doing something. You know, that's the reason why people buy the white brands. Right. You got Gucci on, people know it's expensive. Right. That's why people in the project they sell drugs. But then they want to be on the corner with Gucci and Louis. Because now... They know, like, damn, Sean got on Louis. Mm-hmm. Like, he got to be making right, money. Right, right. Because it's like, Showcases we know class
2: it. and wealth and social yeah, status. Yeah, it's,
3: it, it, it's, it's that classism. You know, like, if you're at a game in your court side, you know that person paying six figures for them tickets, right? Mm-hmm. But then you got the guy up there. It's just social. That's America. Right. Capitalism. You, where that, you fit in that, that.
2: That goes back to Roman times and different European societies where the shoes that you wore represented your wealth status, right? right? It would be certain colors, certain mm-hmm. things that was on there. Mm-hmm. So certain people couldn't wear it. Like, the slaves and things of that nature, they was barefoot. Barefoot, yep, You understand yep. me? And so certain people of certain, you know, status and class. And even today, you know, shoes represent a person's Sexual preference, wealth, mm-hmm. class, status, identity, mm-hmm. right? And so what they realize is that they say that, well, you are poor. You want to be rich so we can make you look rich, mm-hmm. right? And so we've gotten caught up in looking rich, mm-hmm. right, versus living rich or mm-hmm. living wealthy, right And setting up actual wealth systems right right if if you teach people instantly this is how you rob most people of their customers you get rid of their insecurities mm-hmm. right and you educate them
0: mm-hmm. right
2: right there <laughs> ignorance and insecurities feeds consumerism that's a fact right cuz you're trying to cover up all of your issues mm-hmm. right and so you know you say well I I I'm not perfect but then what we going to do we going to do shopping and then you go buy something you feel like represents something better than you. And so if I put this on, people see this. They don't see me no more. It's mm-hmm. my shield. Mm-hmm. It's right? like a costume. Yeah. So being able to get to a point where I, when I, if I'm teaching you know, financial education, if I'm teaching people health, if I'm teaching you know, all of these different sciences, I'm healing my people to where the brands can no longer be predatory right, on our scars and our traumas and our triggers Right? Because we're trying to become more than we know who we are. But when you know yourself, I don't need that. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I seen my older brother, man, he used to pick up the fly, baddest women in the world in a dirty t shirt. And he told me, like, you know, it's about who you are. You're right, mm-hmm. the way you're able to speak, like yep. make her laugh, like, and then I realized it ain't got nothing to do with what you got on. No, because most women
3: don't even care about this yeah. stuff, no, they like, don't. unless they, unless that's what their mind state is, they want somebody to trick on them. They're like, Oh, right. well, if he could afford Louis, then I know he could buy me a right, bag, right? Right, but if they, like, <laughs> right, if you certain dudes right? sit there and spend <laughs> pay resale, yeah. on some Nikes that's not even worth the 150, but yeah. they're paying a thousand, they're like, Oh, I got these. The girl don't even care. It's a dude indirect come, prostitution.
2: Yeah, a dude is.
3: gonna come with some regular rebound classes and bag her yeah. because she don't care about especially what she if he's from
2: Oakland, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, they just different out here. We yeah. actually learn how to speak to women. Exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly,
3: but it, that's the game, you know. Yeah, it's just like it, it's 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 funny that. You talk about the Roman times, this, this ain't changed yet. No, it ain't it's changed. It's still the same way with better marketing and better mm-hmm. advertising, right? That's a fact. Like you say, America is the greatest country in the world. No, it's advertising right. the greatest country in the world. Right. Because I heard in the country, you don't got to pay for school. That's a fact.
2: Like, we,
3: i like know what that felt like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They ain't like, got to pay
2: for school, health care, <laughs> all, all these things that become like what we fight inside our democracy for, that's a normalcy for them. Yeah, normal. Yeah. It's crazy, but, like, we, but we're advertised as. Oh, we're the greatest country right. in the world. And, and just that idea of like, all right, so us as a people, right? We don't like, if we say something is made in Africa, actually, it's, it's starting to become more of mm-hmm. a value thing now, right? Because we're starting to recreate those connections to the motherland. And we like, oh, this is made in Africa. We we, we feel that's more ethnic, right? Mm-hmm. We feel that's more cultural. And we don't, it's, there's no... Africa is bad value. No, when it comes to clothing, what well, we don't realize there's no stereotype against made in Africa, mm-hmm. right? Because Africa has always been the motherland of resources and skill. Mm-hmm. And so that whole made in China thing can disappear now. That mm-hmm. whole, oh, this is made in Italy can disappear mm-hmm. because them sisters over there that's putting together stuff in them African markets are just as skilled as the Italian artisans, mm-hmm. right? And so once you be able to create that comparison, the only thing that they don't have is a pathway for import-export. And access to different textiles so that we can create that industry between, let's say, Ghana or, you know, in South Africa to America. Even in, in even in Italy, when you say that the the um, Italian
3: are, you know, they're not even the ones making it.
2: Yeah.
3: 80% of the factories, clothing factories, in right. are owned by China. Right. And the people who work in it are Chinese. Mm. They,
2: they, so it ain't no little uh, Italian man carving up the stuff, nah, making it's, it.
3: That's probably... So... The thing is, people understand, too, with the um, like the Louis Vuitton and all of these legacy brands, when they started, it was like me and you. We're sewing the clothes in our fashion house, right? right. right? They didn't rent stores. They rented houses. That's what they call fashion houses. And they would sew the clothes. Oh, this is for the queen. or this is for the, the nobles, right. right? They made clothes for royalty. And that's how they got their name. That's yeah. how they got their name, right? But then they started selling their name. Cause like, oh, this is Balenciaga, right? That, but, that, but they guess are who's making fashion this?
2: houses? And that's what most yeah. people don't realize. But,
3: see, what people don't realize is look how many stores around the whole world, right? That was custom, that was custom one of one for these certain people, and that's how the name got big. And then, what they did now, what they do now is they leverage the name, like kind of like with Kanye and Adidas. Kanye owned the name Yeezy, but not this designs. Mm-hmm. so they were giving him 11% for using his trademark on right. their shoes, right. Right, that he helped design too, but he—they were—it's just that name. Same thing with Virgil Off White. Virgil didn't own Off White. Mm-hmm. He took a two—he's getting paid two million dollars a year, his salary. I thought but, he
2: owned it at a point in time. He never
3: owned it. Damn. That's why if you watch it after this, watch the Breakfast Club hey, interview again. I gotta take my <laughs> gotta take my
2: Off Whites <laughs> off. So if you nah. if you if you watch the
3: interview with Dapper Dan on the Breakfast Club, yeah. he he tells you that. Yeah. He said these guys don't own these brands. Yeah. They take a salary, mm. right? So. Even Fear of God. He don't own it. He, they, he owns the, the name Fear of God, but because they, they had, a, they had a, a a spark, right? Yo, I'm Kanye's boy. I'm Kanye's boy. I want my own brand. So these venture capitalists come and they, you know what? Hey, we we we're we gonna buy your brand. Right. We're gonna get it all built up. Right. That's why people used to be mad at Virgil when they looked at his employees. He had no black employees. Mm. His employees was white. Mm. Because they the same palm angels. Same company owns Off-White. That's the same people making the same stuff. They put an Off-White label on it. Dang. But that, that's how they work. So it's the same thing with these. Because there's so many stores, there's no way that these clothes are, if it's ready to wear and on the shelf, it's made in a sweatshop. Mm-hmm. So you're literally just paying for that name that earned this value from the times when fashion first started. Right. Where, like you say, segregation, where we can't get it. So it became a thing where we wanted to have that because we wanted to feel closer to normal. Mm. Right. It's not like to feel like white people, white people treated us different. We were three fifths of a man. So if we had the same clothes that they had. At one time, we couldn't own it. Right. Now we can own it. Now we feel closer to normal.
2: Right. Right. Like a, right? Like and if we're closer being. to
3: normal, then we started getting that that breakdown away. OK, well, then. Our people who still live in the hood, they can't afford that. But we're closer here to the white people. Right. And these people are not. And they still do it to this day. Right. When you see people bragging about Amiri or a Louis Vuitton, because you go to the hood, some people wear pay pegless. Right. They don't got that. So now you feel like you at least leap this person. But you haven't leaped anything because you still live in the same building. Right. And you're the you same person. And, you and you're the same person and you don't own anything. You spend $100,000 a year on clothing from these... Famous fashion brands, and you haven't even
2: purchased a property yet. And if you were to save that 100000 you would actually be more wealthier. Yes. So by not wearing the clothes makes you wealthier, but by wearing the clothes, it robs you. So I, I always do this study in comparison how most things in our culture is just backwards. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why we stay in poverty, because we have poverty-based habits. If we had wealth-based habits, mm-hmm. we would do things completely different, and we would reverse our condition. I like that. I like right? That. And so once we are able to look at, wait a minute. Number one, that's why I talked about the whole made in Africa thing because that, and and when you, you know, that can be different countries, whatever, but once we put that value base in made in Africa, right, or made in black America, Mm -hmm. right, because we know the whole thing came out with Idris Elba saying that he don't want to call himself a black actor, Mm -hmm. right, and... You know, uh, the other brother was saying that, well, it's not that you shouldn't call yourself a black actor. You should really focus on those who pigeonholed you because you're a black actor,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
2: And I understood what both were saying, right? right? One is saying that I'm an actor. I shouldn't be judged. My profession shouldn't be judged based on my race, right? right? Because then you're putting quality to it to say whether it's good or bad, right? Versus is my acting good or bad, right? And... Well, we both had to eliminate both systems. The idea of somebody being melanated or black should never have an association morally or, or quality style of bad. Mm-hmm. Because when we realized we created all things, right, we realized that there would the die the, the systems, the math, the science of the world, all of that come from us. Mm-hmm. But we don't have hero tales, right? Our tales, they start in slavery. slavery. They start in chains, But when you start the hero tales and you go back and you look at the Moorish brothers and how they was dressed, you go look at, you know, a a royalty, right? Black, African, Moorish royalty throughout history. Then you go see, damn, boy, it was fly as hell. They were the one we showed everybody else how to dress. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's a key. But if you don't have that understanding of yourself, you think of Italian history. That's a skill artisan Mm -hmm. story in history. Right. That's where those skills come from. You don't, you're not educated about your own story. Right. So you don't even think to attach that quality of skill set right. that gives you that feeling like, damn, I'm getting the best in the world mm-hmm. by tapping into my people, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what we have to change. The same thing if like, you think about rubies or diamonds and minerals. You don't think black people. Why? Because we say, well, it may be from Africa, but we was the miners. Yeah. We wasn't the jewelers. We didn't shape it, right? We weren't the ones that sold it to the rappers, Right. So we're usually at the at the base of it, at the root of it. But we're not the one that sell it to you. Right. And so you can have a thousand Africans working inside a sweatshop for Gucci, but they wouldn't buy it because it's Africans. They go buy it because they believe it's an Italian brand. Right. And I'm stepping into a new class that's no longer associated with poverty. Right. Which is black. And so there's a whole lot of psychological things that we have to do. But as a as an influence on myself, as a leader, myself, Right, and yourself, the the best way for us to begin doing that is to advertise those things that we want to see. What's real aspirational. Right, like these these mischief boots, boots oh that, that had went around. Boots. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 Astro the Boy anime boots. Astro. It's Astro Boy, yeah. Yeah, but it's like when Kanye West was walking around with his big old boots, everybody was clowning them. Mm-hmm. right? And now he came out with Astro Boy boots. Now I I would never have thought the culture would have put them on. Right? But it seems aspirational. Oh, no, that's, that's art. Right? Oh, no, yeah, he got inspired. Awesome. Yeah. Right? We put a whole nother taste on to it, right, to where we go wear that shit and look like clowns, mm-hmm. right, because we feel that. like when we do it, oh, y'all don't understand. Oh, I'm out your class by doing that. No. He just about to make millions of dollars off these rubber, whatever the hell they mm-hmm. are, shoes, because he realized that we love everybody but ourselves, mm-hmm. and we can't wait to show them we love y'all more than we love ourselves. Facts.
1: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Once again, that's marketing and advertising. We're never marketed as the luxury.
2: This episode is brought to you by crowns19.com.
3: Right, we're just poor. You look at it on the TV, we get shot, we get killed for no reason. Like there's nothing to outsiders to look and be like, damn, I want to be black, right? Mm. They want to be black, like Paul Mooney. Everybody want to be an N, but nobody right. want to be an N, right? right? Because when they see it's it's frightening to be, but I'm a rich black man. Yeah. And I drive. If there's a cop is behind me, I'm driving a damn G wagon, right? Mm-hmm. I got jewelry on. I'm like, yo, am I gonna make it out of this stock? Right. I got to think like that, and I'm successful. I pay the taxes. That's going to pay his salary. Mm-hmm. Like I pay taxes, I don't get no money back. You know, I pay seven figures in taxes. Right. So I know, yo, I didn't pay for you to slaughter me. Right. I didn't give taxes so you could kill me. Right. But it's 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 scary to be a black man in this country. It's nothing. It's it's nothing cool
2: about it unless you black. Right. Because we well, have the a pride. Everybody wants the, everybody wants the privilege of being black. But nobody wants the responsibility, the responsibility of being be black. black. Exactly. And, and you know, and like it may
3: never happen where we can really see um, a black brand really be considered, oh, this is really luxury to the other. The others, because it's always for rappers to go platinum. It's not just black people buying. It, it's always white kids because you're given a stereotype of what they think the neighborhood is like and what going to piss their parents off. So you like that. Right. But for us to get that, it's so much more learning and so much more pride. We have to see our people. Because our people don't really have the, uh, uh, we're missing so much pride in just our excellence Mm -hmm. and what we've overcome, right? To even compete on these levels with these brands that pay billions in marketing to be exactly where they're at, right? Right. And, 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 And out of that billion, we give them another billion free. Because you listen to any of these popular rap songs- and they're they, they're talking about these brands in such a way that it's gonna make the kid listening like, nah, I need that, I need the Prada, I need that Gucci, I need that Louis. I need that Fendi, I need that. Because the the black people that made it out of my neighborhood and can wear gold and jewelry and drive Lamborghinis, they're talking about those brands. So if I wanna be like them, I need that. Right. I don't need the size, the dope errors, you know what I'm saying? And and the only time we got close to that. To where we're getting at is with Virgil, but Virgil only got got on because of Kanye. Mm-hmm. He was Kanye's guy, and who would you rather deal with—the quiet, soft-spoken Virgil, yep. or the opinionated, gonna say whatever he feel? Kanye, and they both from the same neighborhood, right. but they different temperaments. So, like Kanye says, soon as Nike wanted to bring all of them over there, when he first got his deal, he and Kanye said, "No, I want me. folks on me." Then, when he went to Adidas. That they wanted all of them. So they couldn't get all of them. He didn't let nobody, he didn't want Virgil or none of them at Adidas. So then Nike was like, oh, we already got rid of Kanye with the Yeezys. Let's just grab Virgil and all them and bring them over here to Nike. And then because of Kanye, he's the number one influencer. Maybe not anymore, but at the time, he was the number one influencer in fashion. Black man. Mm-hmm. So his boy got to get on and make Off-White. Now that's considered a black luxury brand, but it wasn't even black owned. Mm. But the people didn't know that. But you still see, you say off white, $3,000 varsity jackets. A-, ain't a lot of black brands can get $3,000 for a varsity jacket if they ain't made out of mink mm-hmm. and, and some exotics, you know. But we were close. That was it. But we didn't even own that, right? So now, who, how can we get there? Because the reason why they got there is because they had white marketing. All those companies, LVMH, number one fashion firm in the world, they were putting the dollars in that. So, like, to get there, it's just, it's gotta take something where our people, like you're saying, they just gotta, we have to have value and understand quality. Because I hate when people say, yo, by my brand is black owned. And when you tell me that, I don't even wanna see your brand. Nah. Because you're selling me, you're selling me guilt. I don't want guilt. <laughs> I, I, want, I want drip and I want quality. I know quality. Don't, That's a fact. Yo, don't sell me guilt. Like all these brands, you know, they go on social media and they be like, yo, this is black owned. But then you look and it's like, you put more, hard work into the message of saying you black on yeah. instead of the quality of your shoes. Like, if your shoes look like Payless shoes, I, I can't rock with it because I, I don't want that, and I don't want to reward you for that. Yeah. You know?
2: Unfortunately, you know, or actually fortunately, rather, I'm going to go with this spin, is that we can't create the culture around it, right? So, like, the solution of when I think about a lot of these clothing brands, shoe brands, there's a whole courture around it people who talk about it, people who blog about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need PR, you need bloggers, you need media. You got to be in these spaces. But we have to create the spaces that dominate. We can't say, well, I'm a designer, but the next level is being accepted by European fashion standards, right? Mm -hmm. And European designers. That's not supposed to be the next level. It's supposed to be, here's our over here. If we influence everybody else, we have to tell everybody, this fashion blog, Is not W Mag, but Mm -hmm. the bro over here. His blog is the best one. Mm -hmm. So if you make it in this, guess what? Yours blow up. And so we got to start creating these centers to Mm -hmm. where we can now use these as springboards to launch brands because that's what they do. They create media around it. This blogger says something. We don't know why this blogger is important. We don't know why this fashion (laughs) critic is important. But everybody said that they was important, (laughs) right? So if every rapper was saying, "Man, that's the best." Listen, man. Now that he just said it's drip, it's drip. Mm-hmm. So now, boom, he didn't said Crown Society and Sias is fly. Guess what I'm getting? You understand me? I'm gonna get that Crown Society. Mm-hmm. They flying off the shelf. Mm-hmm. They are very strategic in the way they go about things. There's there, people think like there's this magical accident and brands are just created. There's machines oh, that yeah. create these brands. And we have to become a systematic people who have our own formulas and, you know, and have our own institutions in order for us to be able to springboard and launch these brands to prominence, right? To a point where it's majestic and it's regal, right? Mm -hmm. But you also said something that was key when you're talking about quality, right? Educating your customer is key, right? Because if you don't educate people on the importance of it, they don't know why it's important. They don't know why it's luxury. They don't know why they should buy it. Right? versus otherwise you should just make something cheap if they're not educated because they're going to buy that. If you're going to make something expensive, you have to educate them on why it's important, how much it costs you almost, mm-hmm. not just giving out your numbers, but right. it's like these crowns, right? So I, we had, we started off hand-painting them, okay. then we went to screen print, then we went to embroidery, and now we do the boiling. Yeah. The boiling is a much longer process, yes. right? Like we... I, this is where I got to get samples, have it sent back. And then I realized they make it exactly the way I send it to them. Like, if it's shifted a little bit, mm-hmm. it's going to come out shifted, right? Yeah. And i will be mad because I'm like, y'all didn't know to just fix that? Yeah, no, but that's, they're not. they they're, they're not creatives. No, they're just going to do what you they, tell they're them. They're doing exactly what I tell them. And so I realized, like, damn, I can't you know, take anything for granted in these processes, that means that exactly the way I do it, they're not going to be like, oh, it should look like this. Why are we going to do that? No, they're, they're not going
3: to change their right. mind.
2: So even understanding that, it's like, yo, by me going through that intentional process and me constantly going through this process of increasing the value and the quality of it, this is why there's a price associated with it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't market them in a the sense of, oh, buy my crown. I'll wear the quality. And if you want the same quality and a meaning and a feeling, then you attach that to yourself as well. Now, this is a part of your aesthetic and expression, mm-hmm. right? And more brands have to get to, like, tail far. That's far from a brand I would think about wearing or anything, right? Mm-hmm. But their branding is key, yeah, right? Their ability to be able to, you know, create these lists where women just want it, right? That's Beyonce. fire. That was Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce wore the bag one time and it... Oh, I see, I didn't know that. And yeah, then I looked happened. at their marketing campaigns. Even their marketing, though, is, it's a it's a design ethos that's in it. Mm-hmm. So when people think about Telfar, I see female rappers rapping about it, right? Yeah. So now it's like a thing. Like, yo, that can stand next to your Prada bag. It's okay. You can come out the same way you come out with a Prada or Gucci bag. You can wear Telfar and be considered in the same class. Because mm-hmm. what people don't want to sacrifice is the class, mm-hmm. right? But the crazy thing is... what. Like, I
3: love to see how Telfar is doing their thing. And the crazy thing is, they're doing it, and their bags are vinyl. Mm. Right? Their bags are vinyl, they're not leather. And they're able to get this. You know why? Louis Vuitton bags ain't leather either. Yeah. The, them, them bags They got the monograms, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. canvas. Yeah. And there's plastic heat on a top fact. of it. But people been paying three grand.
2: And that for the nylon five, ones as well. Yeah,
3: for five, ten grand for this bag and now to see a, some uh, some black brothers make a bag that's not even genuine leather and they are able to have it, it it has this thing and and that's because the right the right influencer grabbed it. Beyoncé brought the bag. And once Beyoncé brought the bag, it was over. The Beehive hop wanted it. Everything beyond see that's having the right influencer and I don't think they gave her the bag. She somehow got her hands on the bag. Right. That would it would have been thing, too expensive to it, give it to her. It, it, it,
2: no, that they sell their bags for like $40. $40. But that no, I'm what I'm saying is to like yeah. pay her. To be yeah, like oh, yo, yeah, Beyoncé. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't pay her. Enough you can't to even do that. afford no, that yeah. which will launch your yeah, brand. Yeah, you can't you can't afford that, that but, cosign. But, but that's what I mean. Like just but her doing a, that. All, all if you are a top A-list celebrity, or even anybody in prominence in our courtship, you can make it intentionally yes. to where you wearing somebody's brand. It's like launching startups. Yeah, you know I mean, that's like giving them 10 million dollars. Right. Why not do that? If and, you and have I, that ability, you know, pick a brand and be like, you know what this month, I'm gonna wear this. You understand me? And I wanna see they shit launch. You know what? That's dope, right? Cause like you
3: literally have that power. Like, like that's literally, as soon as she did that, they couldn't keep the bags. Right. They the bags sell out in one minute. And they selling thousands of bags in one minute to the point that they had to do pre-orders, right? Yeah. And that just took one. Like, you know we have this power, and we're trying to change this wealth gap. Why not look out for these black brands and see? Like, you don't got to support every one of them, but if it's one worth supporting, you see it, you see it's the quality, throw it on. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Because that right there can create generational wealth for that family, where then it can get passed down and passed down. Like you said, even with all these white brands, they all together. Mm -hmm. They all together. They helping it. When you're wearing a mirror, you're wearing his name. Right. That's his name on his driver's license.
2: And he not going to partner with you. No. These brands that you like, if you go find something you genuinely like, I promise you, if you have your team reach out to them and be like, yo, I'm going to wear this anyway. But if you have any opportunity for partnership, it's going to, number one, it's going to incentivize them to push it anymore because now they have equity in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you have a partner as well that you can utilize for marketing and launching your brand. I just think like when we talk about intentionality, it has to be there because there's so many different ways you can make these things work out for everybody. Mm-hmm. The first side, of course, is the free side, wearing mm-hmm. it just because you like it mm-hmm. and, and being intentional about black business is key because if you think about all the restaurants, right, you can go on Uber and you type in black restaurants, it'll show you the ones that's out there. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat anyway, right? Right. Yeah. But if you say that I want to increase the circulation of my black Dalinese restaurants, guess what? They have considerable amount of growth, 20, 30 mm-hmm. percent, just by that intentional thinking. Right. You didn't increase four to five to 10 to 20 customers and say, you know what? I'm hungry, but I'm black hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want right. to get fly, but I want to get some black drip. Right. If we're not intentional about it and we don't have the same amount of businesses that compete in the marketplace against Asians or European brands, Right. Therefore, we're not going to be able to get that surplus. So we can't hire more. Right. So we can't circulate wealth. And that's why intentionality is key with what we do, because it lets you know you're thinking about the collective and not just yourself. Mm-hmm. Like one thing, I, uh, like people like, yo, why you don't put rappers in your stuff like this and that or they don't buy your
3: stuff. I'm like, Cause they don't see it now. None. Right. I can't always put the owners like, oh, these black artists are not supporting me. I'm direct-to-consumer, so one, they got to know who Saya is, right? And once again, I said I don't pay for advertisement, right? But now, if I say, you know what, I'm going to do a deal with Neiman Marcus, and I put my stuff in Neiman Marcus, that's where they shop at. These guys, they shop there because they feel that that is the upper echelon of clothes. This is where you're going to go. This is why no matter what, you're seeing them wear the same stuff. I'm from New York. I'm not wearing the same stuff as another right, dude, right, right. especially if we in the same industry. Y'all already sharing the same women. We're not sharing <laughs> the same clothes. You feel me? <laughs> We're we not sharing the same clothes. Oh, I don't want the stuff that is easily again. You know, I, I know maybe it was like this open, but we wanted to dress different from everybody yeah. else, right? These guys dress the same. But if I had Saya and Neiman Marcus, I know you will see rappers in videos Oh, where that's a fact. Is. But then also, and I gotta charge way more. Then now i I'm I'm, I'm 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 pricing out my core base. So like one thing with me, is, is you gotta know people, right? So rappers, right? They, most of them don't wear the same brand only, only, right? So, okay, I give, say I give this rapper Lil Wayne this. He's going to wear that shit one time, that's it. He's never Mm going to wear it again. Even if he bought it with his own money. He's going to buy it, and he's going to go. He's not going to come back and keep because he's not. Now, my customer base is the nine to five workers. I have dudes that have over 150 pairs of my shoes. I've only been around for three and a half years. Mm. People don't even have 155 pairs of Jordans. Right? That's intentional. But that person works at maybe UPS, FedEx, or work at a regular job. These people are the people that's gonna keep coming back every day. So I made that Mm. my customer base because I want the repeat customer. I don't want the famous customer. Famous people want stuff for free and they only want to wear one thing once. And these all these new artists, they're not trying to be different. They just want the most expensive thing that you know is expensive. So if they're not even trying to be different and they're just going to wear something one time, why do I really want you as my customer? Because that one time you wore it and you post on Instagram, maybe somebody saw it and was like, oh, that jacket's nice. That's a long shot. I'm not playing a long shot game. Right. I'm direct and I'm liberal literal. I know who my customer base is. It's the people that work a regular job and they, they got some, some extra cash from time to time. You know, I got the sneakerheads. I was a sneakerhead. This stuff that we started complaining about—they started making sneakers with fake leather, yeah—and charging more. So I said, when I come in the game, genuine leather. We are gonna do it like we used to do it—first come, first served. So when we opened up the store first day, we had people come from all over the world, from China. We had to do come to buy those shoes right there in tan—the mm. all tan pair with the white bottoms. We had a line around the corner with no advertisement, no news coverage, no nothing. I've been doing it so, even now in this game, how you say they have—they have um. The way they have their fashion shows and the bloggers, how is it that I'm doing everything I'm doing and none of these sneaker blogs cover me? Mm, because they paid and bought for. Is it because I'm black?
2: That part too. Is it
3: because I'm showing black people we could be independent and run shit? What is the problem? Like we done had, we done been all over the press talking about side. Cy- you look up side collective, Kyrie name is attached to it just mm-hmm. because we've had interviews and and I did, I didn't do any interviews with any white media. Mm-hmm. People hit me up, black media, I'm gonna do the interview because we get overlooked so if anybody is mad that I do an interview talking about you know the possibilities I'm doing it with black media so I'm giving our people another they're getting the exclusive I ain't do it with TMZ mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's the liberal because I'm black black
2: all the time black yeah right? And that's yeah, I want my, I, I talked about this in Sacramento. There's, there's February black, yeah. and then there's 365 no, I'm black, all, black. I'm 100% black all the time. <laughs>
3: yeah. I love my black skin, yeah. I love black excellence. And I'm going to be that all the time. I'm never going to apologize for being black and wanting and to do for my people and wanting to do it my way because I'm showing a whole different way. They told me, oh, you don't give celebrities free stuff. When I was in the breakfast club, the whole comment said, ah, oh, he's stupid, he's never going to make it. Well, guess what? I'm $50 million richer. Yeah. Where you at? <laughs>
2: because the game done changed, too. Like, our access to this, – this is the thing. Social media equalized the playing field a lot because at first – the celebrity was the only access to the audience, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to go through the celebrity to get the audience. Now you get to go direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. So with having new direct to consumer channels means that you can create, you know, uh, now everybody's talking about um, organic consumer generated content, Mm -hmm. right? So creating campaigns with people who actually buy your stuff is more authentic. Mm -hmm. People are tired of being sold. Right. So they know that they're being sold something just because a celebrity got it on or this, that and the third. And that works for uh, huge macro influencers, for people who still into that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But if you got your shoe just trending on TikTok because somebody wore it and they danced in it or something or Mm -hmm. they or they did a blog about it. Now, that's another thousand shoes sold. Yep. Right. So would you want to focus on tapping into the TikTok audience or trying to chase a celebrity around to get through their audience. One right. is direct. Yeah, you go direct to consumer, that's, right. That's the game. Yeah, you know it, it, these, We have these avenues like you have, you have the Alibaba app, you
3: can find any manufacturer you want. Mm-hmm. You have all of these different things if you use it, right? But that that that, that viral mm-hmm. moment and stuff like that, man, we did the shoes that when you walk out, the whole outfit is white. The shoes are white. You walk outside, the whole outfit changed color. Different colors. Yeah, we, that, that was that I seen that. Yeah, that whole thing went on. T- yeah. They never seen nothing like yeah. that. And that's the other I thing. I need that
2: fabric, man.
3: Look, and that's the other thing, right? Because the one thing I like to do is I want to do some stuff you've never seen no, no. before. No, no. Because now, okay, they don't have but now Nike's doing it, right? But I beat you to it. Right. Like, I was making the foam shoes with the, with the laces and the booties. Now Nike's yeah. doing it. Adidas got one. Everybody got one. But I'm on my fourth one. Yeah. Y'all just on y'all first. Yeah. This is fun to me. As the little guy, I get to be like, yo, I'm doing stuff that y'all copying now.
2: And your process to market is easier because you don't have all of the stuff in between.
3: No, and I don't have to tell ask a guy in the guy in the head of sneakers to be like, do you like this idea? No, I don't see it. I don't see it.
2: I know it's gonna work right, so what would it look like? So, let me ask you this question What would it look like? Because this is a game changer. If let's say you sign an athlete or mm-hmm. an athlete partners with you, right? Because you know, if we take a look at some of the deals historically, I'm sure there's a way where if you structure a deal with them, they could make a lot more money, right? So, and so, what I want to say is putting that into the options, okay? okay? You got Nike, you got Adidas, you got you know, whatever, and then you got sire, right? Right. So how would you structure a deal if an athlete, whether they coming straight out of college or they already have a deal and they want to restructure something with you? Right. What does that So look let's like? say it will
3: be two different ways, right? So, like, I have Montres Harrell. He plays for the Sixers. We do 50-50. One, the shipping, like, what the, what the cost of the shoe plus the shipping and the tariffs and taxes, once that's paid, the leftover, we split the profits 50-50, right? That's with him. Now, say, like, somebody like Kyrie. Ky- has never had his own signature shoe, right? And Montrez owns a sneaker reseller boutique. So he's not only just wearing his shoes that I designed for him, he's wearing shoes that he sells in the store because he's advertising his own business, right? Now, somebody like Kyrie. Kyrie is worth three, four 400000000 million. I don't know. He's worth a lot, right? That, with Kyrie, I would do, listen, you already, you're a proven ROI. You're going to return on any investment that's put into you. So you should be the brand. You start Kai Sports, right? And you're going to need somebody who knows how to get a successful business off the ground. Your business is going to be successful as soon as you put out your first product, right? So with him, I, when the, my, with Kyrie, I said, yo, I want you to have 100% of all your profits. But let me come on as a creative director and the guy who can get you into every factory you need and design it. Because I'll design you. the. You've seen what I showed you on the mm-hmm. phone. Like I can design you the product that is you, that speaks for you. I know he's a How many shoes he
2: had to sell to get to $100 million profit? Huh?
3: Who, him? Kyrie? Yeah.
2: Like if he was going through your process. What, oh, how many? okay.
3: So if he was going, he'd be 100% ownership. He'd make $100 million his first profit, his first drop. Right? Because if you think about it, say, all right, somebody like, say he made a million pairs of shoes, right? He made a million pairs of shoes, right? And he sold them for $200. Right? That's mm. $200 million right mm-hmm. there. You got to cut the profits, what they make and all that. He's never even made that with Nike, mm. right? Nike's how many shoes?
2: A- how many shoes he average? Uh, if you know, how many shoes he average sales with, let's say, his Nike deal, right? Uh, per year. Not. Cross, I don't think they, like I don't
3: think they put the numbers units. out,
2: but it's it's a lot because uh-huh. one, LeBron is the is their number
3: one signature after Jordan, of course. You know, with current athletes is LeBron, Kyrie. Kyrie has a second successful sneaker line there in Kobe, right? So he's making definitely making Nike hundred million dollars or more a year probably mm-hmm. more than that right like Nike made them billions of dollars Jordan makes them like three billion dollars a year
2: but because mm, Kanye but, had to be selling like no check this out I am about to
3: break Kanye down now yeah. check this out Kanye I think he, 2011 he went to Adidas Kanye became a billionaire faster than anybody that's in that game because he get a he, he only get 11% royalties on what he sells he was making Adidas $2.3 billion a year. Now, if he get his stuff back together, he could come with the designs that people are going to support. Kanye will be a billionaire in one year because he already has this consumer base. But now is can you do it with the mach- without the machine? That's going to be the thing. A lot of people can't do it without a machine. A lot of people are scared to try to do without the machine. Right. I've done it without the machine. I'm going to continue to do it without the machine. Right? Because... I put the work in. Right. I know how the machine works. So with somebody like a Kyrie, yo, it could even be even doper. Kyrie has Native American, like, uh, you know, heritage, right? Native Americans don't have enough jobs. Guess what? They got a lot of land, mm-hmm. fulfillment centers. So all your, you get your shoes made in China, right? Send them to the Native Americans, right? That's your fulfillment centers. You can have three different. You can have one. In the Midwest, East Coast, South. So now whatever shoes is going to that part of the region, now you have, you just created hundreds of thousands of jobs for your people, right? Tax-free. And it's, thank you. And Native Americans don't pay tax-free. So you could do something like him. I don't reach reach out to people or athletes or anything like that. But to him, I love that brother because what he does and what he stands for, right? I know he ain't no anti-Semite. Right? He's a peaceful person. He's about peace, loving everybody. That's who he is. If you think otherwise, then you really don't know him. Mm-hmm. You're, you're putting your own, you're projecting on him. Right? But he, he's the person who thinks, like, more so like how no athlete thinks. These athletes think like, oh. Because right. they've been trained to take free stuff their they're, whole life. They're
2: afraid to think.
3: Yeah, and they've been trained to take free stuff their whole life. Nike's been grooming them since they was kids. Well, at, you, AAU. They,
2: most of them have a team. You know, even he was telling me, like, you usually have, like, a team of seven or ten people Mm -hmm. that's just organizing your life for you. Yeah. Right? So before you even get to talk to a person, you got so many people that's vetting them. Mm -hmm. Like, but how do they know for real that if that would have been a good opportunity to you? So a lot of opportunities never even come to the forefront because you have so many handlers, right, that you're not even really in control of your life. Right. And that's how it is in the NFL and the NBA and, in the entertainment world is that they don't really have control over their life and they don't really have intelligence And, and that's what recently happened to Kanye.
3: And Kanye, people need to listen when he talks. Yeah. Even when he might be, you might think he off. Because yeah. he said, he's like, I owe such, I don't know math. He, remember he's, he said least, yeah. he's like he was like, they say I owe the IRS this and that. Because his whole life, he's had people to handle that. Right. right? Like, even right now, I own I own real estate, right? Me and my wife, that's what we do. We buy houses and stuff. I let her handle that. She's the product man. You know, I don't even know half of our addresses. I know how to drive to them, Yeah, but like if something was that we was just talking about this, like yeah. right? everything happened with my mom. I was like, "Yo, you know, we need to make a book so I can tell you if something was to happen to me. This is the vendors. This this stuff gonna keep running because I have designs for the next five years already. Right, because you're on the high
2: level of it. You right, know what I mean the so, low level is the details. Right, so I want you to
3: have this WeChat number, this WhatsApp number, this that. We have the designs. Everything needs to be in place because this can't die because I died. Right, right. Same thing with the real estate. Something that happened to her, I'd be like, damn, how do I pay these property taxes? When, when does right. this property tax do? Right. When does that one do? When does that one? I don't know because that's her, That's her, her part of other companies, yeah. right? And it's like that with a lot of these athletes and these celebrities. Like The good thing about me, I didn't make it rich when I was in my 20s. I made it rich when I was, 40, when I was 42, right? I've already lived a lot of lives, right? And I already was preparing myself. Some people get rich, they never knew they was going to be rich. And they, they're broke just as fast because they never had the training on how to deal with that kind of money, right? When I when I told you when I made the die, I started making 30 grand a month. First time I made six figures in a year. And I'm like, this is a lot of money than I've ever had. Nobody in my family ever made like 350K a year or whatever, right? So I got an accountant off the gate because I'm like, only thing I fear is losing my freedom. I said, I ain't gonna let them lose my freedom because I ain't pay this tax. In fact, sometimes I overpay on taxes. I get money back because I overpaid them, you know, because my accountant don't play that. You know, he's like you you I grew up with him. So he don't want to see me. We are not playing no tricks and all that stuff. I'm doing what I got to do cuz I need my freedom to continue to do what I'm doing. But I say that like you said earlier, you said something about we're not trained on wealth or or you know, we're not trained on on that part, mm-hmm. right? And that's 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 sad because that's why we'll during the PPP era, a lot of people was getting $1,000 a week never made $1,000 a month, and what they did, they spent in it, because it was free money, and then they also wanted to show off on social media. So a lot of companies made a whole lot of money, right? But see, if you know what you're doing, so this is why I'm on my four foam sneakers. I'm looking, I'm like, yo, okay, nobody can go to work, everybody's staying home, so now people want to wear athleisure, you know, sweatsuits. Crocs got real popular. Fo- they just want to be comfortable. They, they don't care about being fly right now. care about being comfortable. So I said, but then... I knew after the, the PPP, I said, we're going to go into a recession because that's just how it works. History tells you this. If you read, you know this is going to happen. So I said, maybe people are not going to be able to afford my 200-something-dollar sneakers. I need to make a product that's cheap. I need to get something in, $100, right, in the $100 mm-hmm. range because now those people who still want to support but just don't got it like that, Right. That's when I saw I made the Evo foams, the SC20 foams. Now we're making foam shoes that look better than the Crocs, right? That are more comfortable, and now it's cheaper. And now our business is growing even more because now those things just caught fire. And I drop them, they sell out in five yeah. minutes. And if you know foam shoes, you gotta buy a lot. It mm-hmm. ain't no hundred minimum, no two hundred minimum. You talk about thousand minimum. So in the, in the five minutes, you sell a thousand pair of those. You know, you right. make hundred thousand dollars in five minutes. You know what I'm saying? And, and,
2: yeah, that's why the sneaker industry is harder to break in. You know what I mean? yeah, The, the and, minimums, and you, minimums and you gotta, are way higher. And, right, and
3: you got to be consistent, right? And you got to have a dope product, right? No matter what. Your product got to be dope. So thankfully, I'm able to create dope sneakers yeah. that can make me money. But for the first time, like we talked about Rockerwear, Sean John. Ain't nobody ever wore no Rockerwear sneakers or no Sean John sneakers. They didn't make them. Yeah, My base is Making dope sneakers and I make even doper clothes, so I got the whole package. Right? I do the glasses, do watches, do everything because I don't want you to feel like you got to go somewhere else to get that dope stuff. Yeah, like I grew up in New York, we wear Tim's. I said, Yo, I don't want to wear Tim's if yeah. I'm going out wearing my own stuff. We sold out in one minute, but it was crazy how many black people had an issue with a black company making
2: making in my that's that's our thing. We gotta stop making everybody else shit our in staple. White people's ownership. And that becomes a staple. But like we crazy. have to get it from them. If we make it, then it's not but, valuable. But that's crazy to me how much pride we
3: take in a white company's own we don't own it. Right. Yeah, you don't have stocks in Timbaland. Right. But you feel like you have to you feel like no other company should make could be able to make a work boot when they're not the first. There's 20 companies right now that make a boot exactly like Timberland. I make one that is not even the same patterns mm. and better quality mm. at the exact same price. I said, no matter what it costs me, I'm selling it for the same price they are selling it for, right? But it's crazy that we're so programmed. Think about that. When you can be mad that a black person making a boot that now you can support, that's better quality at the same price, better comfort, but you're mad, you feel, because you are married to this tree, On the side of this thing. It became their family. And that's the problem because now that's another thing we don't own. How many times have Timberland came to the hood and took care of the hood? Never. How many times they like, you know what? We got a whole lot of overstock sitting. Yo. Rappers made Timbaland this or or that. Yo, let's go to Forty Projects in Queens. Let's just go go out and do a shoe drive. We got all these rappers. Every year they'll do a backpack drive
2: to get back to their hood. Why Timbaland ain't do no? Never. Why they ain't and, do no? And, and, y- and it's if, as you mentioned, that it's the easiest thing in the world for any one of these brands to and do. It, and they it's still, a tax write off. They still say f y'all. Yeah,
3: and like literally, they can give you the shoes for free, and get the tax writer for the government, and they still rather put it in the outlet, sell it for twenty dollars or thirty dollars, but not give it to you for free. Your culture. Who so much loves their shoes, their boots, that you would be mad that a black company would have the goal to make a competitor?
2: Man, we do that with every single brand. We did that with Everything. Gucci, of course, Hermes, right? The Jordan shoe, of course, has a more unique story because of Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. but still, you know, even with Jordans, the 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 ability he has to get people to buy the same shoe over and over is and pay more bar for less quality. Is like sneaker culture is crazy right now. Like the resale is high as hell. People are buying 500 percent markup on shoes that just came out the same day. It's like it's,
3: I'll pay wild. resale for a shoe, like I like say, like the Jordan 16s, right? Yeah, that's a 2001 shoe, but that's one of my favorite shoes. I brought, brought that shoe about five times. Yeah, for a markup because it's you can't buy it no more. It's it's a classic, but people will buy the shoe that come out on Saturday for a thousand dollars that yeah. was 220. Bro, when they do that, at like I'm not doing that's that. That's that when you get a brand like that's that once you get a brand like that, it's immortal. no. That's buying acceptance. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I have this. It might be rare. I have these fragment Jordan ones, only about fifty thousand pair were made. Now you feel special. That's the status and brand. Now, but guess who you feel special to? It's not for you. Most of these dudes won't even wear the shoes. They got it on a wall, and won't even wear the shoes. You bought it. Just take a picture on Instagram to get likes and followers. Yeah. I mean, but you don't even want to wear
2: it. Shoes have become a, a, it's, it's a, it's a new asset class now. Right. right. I don't know how long <laughs> it'll last, but now it's a new asset class. I, I don't do that because I like to, to dog the shoes I wear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> they be talking about me because I will be wearing the off-whites in the gym. You know what I mean? I don't care. If I'm buying a shoe, I'm buying it to wear it all the time. Right. Right. Like every one of my shoes I dog until they did. Right. But, you know, some people, they, they, it's a different. They look at it like an art. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I bought this asset. It's a status. I own this one. It's just something that you can talk to people about. Mm-hmm. Sneaker culture is just a completely different culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, but also there's a lot of fake going on. Mm-hmm. Right. So like with, with, with that, I've seen a lot of people basically trying to utilize the blockchain now. To authenticate these shoes on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. I know Nike, I think Marshawn was one of the first
3: ones that wanted to do that. Mm. I remember he was trying to do that with um Bushimi. Mm. I
2: think he was doing a shoe with Bushimi. He did one with Bushimi?
3: I think he did uh it was either Bush- or Greats brand, which Bushimi okay. owns. Okay. But yeah, he was yeah. trying to do something where they was like doing the. this is years ago. Right. Where and you scan it and you would know the shoe is real. But right. bro, that's but only cool that, when you selling it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you definitely gotta sell it and and that's what brands are doing now. Uh, when you go to the stores, a lot of them, they utilize the blockchain on the back end, but blockchain ain't sexy, so they just use it as inventory purposes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Nike is suing a lot of people now, because they want to be able to control their whole resale market. Mm-hmm. Because if they put their shoes on the blockchain, then they can get that money, right, that's sold when it's leveraged for uh, uh, resale, mm-hmm. right, But or, or the secondary market. But if you got all of these other people that's, you know, owning your shoe, Right. Or copying your shoe brand Mm -hmm. and they can't control that. Same thing with music. Yeah. Once the artificial intelligence and all of these music platforms and all these different ways to sell and leverage the likeness of your brand come about, they want to make sure they own all of the rights to it, Mm -hmm. all of the copyrights, everything. So right now it's that time where you get and bring everything in house. You don't leave nothing else, because this is a time of plagiarism right now. Ain't yeah. nobody thinking of nothing original. No, Everybody is trying to figure out how did I, like, people take my high-level conversations, and they are trying to repost it on their YouTube channel, and create YouTube channels out of mm-hmm. them, and they're getting hundreds of thousands of dollars in views. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, thousands of dollars in views per year, right? But it's like, what if I say, I only want to be the source of my high-level conversation. Right. I don't right. want somebody to discover yeah. me on another platform. Yeah. I want you to have one place to get it, and that's it, and then I control the value that's circulated around my IP. Right, right, and that's key. That makes the most sense in the world, exactly. especially with the way the markets are going. It's going to all be about intellectual property and ownership, mm-hmm. right? Because if if, if Nike or uh, uh, music artists, you know, um, and right now in the future it looks like they're going to be all owned by nothing but corporations. So when we're leveraging them on our videos or they give us ability to use them in different ways, they're getting paid, no longer the artists anymore. Mm -hmm. But my likeness and my voice, I want to control the rights to my voice, the rights to my digital likeness. So no, you can't create no cartoon that look like me. No, you can't utilize my voice or even the algorithm of my thinking, like being able to patent the way you think, because now they can clone your thinking and basically create a bot that's like your DNA. So Mm -hmm. now it can talk like you. Yeah. They got generative design right now to where it'd be like, yo, can you design me a shoe like, you know, a uh, uh, Sia Collective? Yeah, and, and they'll make uh, the, the right. AI. The, right. I, I've seen those so coming up. All of that is, yeah. that's why it's important to own it. And there's going to be some landmark cases that's going to come out where people actually get to own their likeness and their style, because how can you protect what you create if AI is basically... You know, generating designs from previously created designs. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not really being creative, it's generating from what's already created. And so it's important right now for the designers to protect everything that they have in their wheelhouse. Because if I can say AI make me a shoe, and I'm seeing them, they design it better than Nike. <laughs> they design because mm-hmm. they're not doing it based on the market. They're not doing it based on money or somebody else doing it. They're doing it based on pure design principles. Mm -hmm. And so none of these companies are being ran based on design principles. It's based on capitalism in the market. That's crazy. There ain't going to be no designers working at Nike. It ain't going to be. Why why would you? What's going to happen is you're going to have design prompters, right? So their ability to utilize AI to create designs in very specific ways. So if I say, yo, I want somebody because the the CEO ain't going to do it. So they say AI won't be the one that steals your job. The person who uses AI steals your job. Right. But now we need less people to use AI. AI. So you have to be a person that develops a strong brand and a strong skill set mm-hmm. and protect that brand and that IP right now because black business is in trouble, right? Labor market. They calling the 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 the. Uh, the the big resignation is becoming the big regret because yeah, now AI is today. taking over. Yeah,
3: and now they can't get the jobs. Right, like they 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 was quitting.
2: Right, now they want to go back to work. And, and this is the unfortunate reality is that we don't know how to look into the future. Right, I, everything that I teach on now, I've been teaching on five years ago. Yeah, right. Usually everybody around me be like, "Yo, Keys taught me that. He was the first person that brought that." Because I'm always looking for it. I want to mm-hmm. stay up to date. Exactly. What is the trend? Because we already behind the eight ball, yep. we get it the worst. So we're educating people on trying to catch them up, we're not really even ushering them into the future, right? It's like we're trying to give you financial literacy, (laughs) right, where we're fighting against families that have six generations of wealth built into their trust systems, right, or institutions to where we're buying everything from them. So these tools can be used as a way for us to advance and become more efficient, and that's what's going to happen, but I want to make sure that every brand owner, every designer, and every entrepreneur that's in a culture that's trying to grow right now focuses on increasing the efficiency for the future output and not just for now. Because what you're doing now may allow you to compete in the marketplace of ideas and execution now, but in the future, you may be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years behind these companies that are able to utilize these tools to shut you out of the space. So it's a, it's a, it's a powerful and a beautiful and a dangerous time all at the same, Thanks. right? But I got a question to ask you. Yeah. So I was looking at this breakdown, right? And it was the psychology of the different people and why they buy different shoes and what it represents when they buy it, mm-hmm. right? So one of them here, let's say boots, right? They say a person who wears boots can be a good planner. And I'm going to tell you why after. I'm going to just name yeah, them first. Yeah. You see a person with old but well-taken-care-of shoes, they say that they're more of a conscientious type. It's more likely to be honest, right? Um, designer shoes says it shows power, right, or class, Flat shoes, say, it represents a hidden leader, a person that's probably not seeking a lot of attention. Um, High heels is a representation of being in charge. Flashy shoes um, can't go unnoticed. You understand me? So sometimes it can be a shy person, Mm -hmm. right, because they use their shoes to represent their personality rather than themselves, right? Um, And then... A person wearing, you know, very nice shoes is a representation of a person that's always clean, right, and more dependable. In mm-hmm. those definitions of those breakdowns, do you think about shoes in that psychology, right, in your different customer segments?
3: No, I, not on boots or nothing. I never even heard that one. But yeah. like on the one with the flashy shoes, yeah. that's like my customer base. Yeah, and that's the reason why we sell so many shoes because. What's cooler in right? You brought some shoes, right, that nobody's heard of. Yeah. They're like, not a lot of people know. You're wearing some shoes and you walking down the street. Somebody's like,
2: excuse me. Yo, where you get those shoes right, from? Right, that happened to me a lot. <laughs> yo, like,
3: yo what, yo, what shoes is those yeah. you wearing, right? And it's a dope thing. They're like, yo, those are... Now right. you're like... Now that person... Because I get a lot of people be like, now they're like you. Right. They want every color of that shoe. Right. Because every time they wear it, they get so many looks. You're... Jordans is great, whatever, but nobody's really going to ask you that. They know where right, they
2: Where you get them Jordans from. It's been nah. advertised. You got <laughs> yeah. them
3: for like, or, oh, yeah. them the fragments, or you got them from a resale shop. But when you have something that's dope, and somebody gives you a compliment, and you haven't got a compliment from wearing your Yeezys or your Jordans, now you're like, yo, I'm going to wear more of these right. because these stand out more. That's a fact. You know, because that makes, because like you said, some people are shy. Right. So they speak with their shoes. they like, I like shoes that's loud because I'm not
2: really a loud person. And, and you know what's funny, not to cut your wisdom, yeah, yeah. but I've never thought of that correlation at first between being introverted and wearing flashy shoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And which is different than wearing flashy clothes, right? Which can probably still translate in some ways, but shoes, because they're at the bottom, they're not the mm-hmm. thing that's taking up the most. I can wear black and still have some flashy shoes on. Right. And that's the representation of my personality that shows a little splash of. Mm-hmm. Right. This is how I am on the inside. I just don't feel like expressing that myself. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, it, that, it works like
2: that. And yeah. I've gotten so
3: many DMs and messages like, bro, yo, your shoes is it. You the yeah. GOAT because I get so many compliments. Now, dudes is like, I started selling my Nike shoes so I could buy more of your shoes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then my thing was like, I got to keep bringing that new flavor for that person. So in like the yeah, last three part. years, I've designed... We have over 30 models of shoes. Mm. And if I, I, I don't really pay attention to Nike, what they drop anymore, but I'm pretty sure for a company that big, we've probably made probably the same amount of new models, not selling you the same retro as them right. because I'm that addicted to designing right. and to also I know like, well, damn, I don't want you to just keep only buying the vultures or buying these. I want you to have... These ones, these ones, the VV1s, the VV2s, vv three, and and so on and so forth. I want you to have a a nice palette. So I'm like, yo, you got boots from us. You got shoes from us. You got Chelsea's from us. Your girl got heels from us. She got shoes from us. I want to do that because that's how you build a longer relationship with that customer by giving them that, right? Because now they're like, I don't only just get that on that. Every time I wear your shoes, I get glowing praises. And some people, they like that because then it brings up a conversation. Because sometimes people will be out, and they'll tell me, they'll be like, yo, sire!" Because they, they see somebody wearing Sia's, right. and it's a thing. And then they'll start talking, guys like, how you found yeah. out about Saya. I've had people make friendships right. from my, at my pop-ups. Yeah. I'm out there. No security. I'm with the crowd. We yeah. sit, we talking, we may drink, we may smoke, but I'm with the people because y'all put me here. Right? How can I be Hollywood when y'all put me here, right. y'all made y'all believe in me more than people I grew up with right. because y'all buy my stuff every week. Man, see, if people grew up with me, probably don't own nothing.
2: Right, and, and and that's how it is with. So like when I do events, right, I always have my crowns and things of that nature. We mm-hmm. have the hats, we have my health products, the books. But I like even the team be like, man, you be giving too much energy of yourself. But like without the the pulpit, without the people, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So I sit there. I first used to start off crowning people, right. So. It was this process with, where I would travel around the world when I meet you, right? I put the crown over your head. It was some words of affirmation that kind of went with that process and it became a thing to where people like, was marking their day when they made that journey because they seen themselves as well being connected to it. So it created an emotional connection to the ritual process. And so when we have it, we have lines of like hundred plus people waiting to get crowned, right? And creating that sort of brand story and brand ritual was key. And mm-hmm. for me, it meant something. Like, I got a brother who buys so many, he got more crowns than me. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, He got every single colorway. Mm-hmm. He got, because I, 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 you know, I took the the branding and the design process when I was working at Prada and yep. I started studying, so I understood, like, you got to always have something new. Like, this one never came up. This is a completely different one mm-hmm. that's different than any of design I did before. Yeah. Normally, you see, like, it's a very conceptual of star-crescent, star-crescent design that kind of go around, and I wanted to do something. It's like our seventh year that just represent growth, you know what I mean, and represent now we can... Be more abstract because you know what it means now, mm-hmm. right? So I got like two of them I'm about to present, and now I'm like, yo, every month I want to drop a new crown, yep. and you can only buy it within that month, right? And so now it becomes more of a collector's item rather than anytime I go to your store you can get it. But my store is usually mostly sold out. But yeah. I don't market because I'm aware this for the rest of my life anyway. Anyway, so like when you talk about design, I share that passion. Yes. When I'm designing, I can do that for hours and time just disappears. It disappears, yeah, and. Once you finalize a finished product in design, there's no greater feeling. And the attention I go in, I I go in there like, man, I'm about to create something raw. I say, I don't know what I'm about to create yet. But I go through the research, I start studying, getting inspired by different things. And then something just hit me. The other day I was in a bathroom and they had these geometrical patterns and shapes. Mm -hmm. And I took a picture of it. And it's what allowed me to design this next crown. It was exactly what I needed to get inspired. and I designed that instantly and it finally came I do through the same thing. and I I'm do like the yo make thing. that now <laughs> yeah I do the same
3: my process was crazy like so when I design a shoe right a new when I design a new model yeah. I get it and when I get the sample yeah I literally I put it I I go I I'll stay on the couch and I put it right on my my little coffee table thing and I sleep looking at it Yeah, I fall asleep looking at it yeah. it's like one of them, I sleep with like a yeah. baby, like, I'm like like for real, like a baby. And the other yeah. one is
2: there, and I'm looking that whole night. That's like the combination. Is How like, many look, iterations you go through? Because by the time you see my finished product, it's probably like 30 other ones that, and it's hard for me to cut yeah. down which one. So, um, so with me, like with a shoe,
3: when I design it, I don't waste no designs mm. because when I design, it, I already know it's a hit. Yeah, like I, yeah. so, like it's only one shoe I design, and then. I wasn't really in love with it, but I didn't put it out. I just had the sample, and I just thought I like, I'm going to come back to it. And then when DMX died, right, I was like, X, X. And they, everything was like this, right? They kept showing this thing, yeah. and I was like, that's how I'm going to change the toe box. So now the toe box mm. has a suede that comes like this, but if you look at it from the top, it looks like almost like DMX. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. See, that was, and then when oh. I did that, it, it was a Like right. I was like, now this shoe is done.
2: And when I got that sample... Same, See, same that's, that's, that to me, That what you just described, that process, is why you always have an up on big brands. Mm-hmm. When you create your own and you can go through life and you catch a moment of inspiration and you can capture that and then create, that's not something that a designer that works at one of these shops or stores has the ability to do, right? It's, yeah. Like, you got to think about it, right? Those moments are key. But think about it, right? You have a, a guy that works right at, at uh,
3: Nike, right? He's not thinking about that, right? He's an employee. Right. He, he, that's not his heart. Right. Right? Because a lot of people, most of those designers are, are architects. Right. They're not even into sneaker culture. Mm-hmm. See, I grew up in sneaker culture. I was a real sneakerhead. I know so much about sneakers. It's crazy. So sometimes when I'm designing, I draw back to my childhood like, oh, shoot, remember the, oh, remember the lottos? They had this how the Velcro came out or like yeah. different felines from right. back in the days all like different things and I'll think about one element of that and I'm like you know I want to put an element of that onto a shoe that i mm. design and it can start with that one element and I'll just build around it right I'll do like a quick sketch you know I'll take a, a picture of a shoe and then I'll just draw on top of it and then white out all of the, the original parts of the shoe and then the white part becomes then I draw the new lines and all that then I give it to my guy we put it in the computer and then we really master it but once it's before, it's, I don't let nothing go into sample product if I don't already like it on paper. Mm-hmm. When I already like it on paper, I already know. I'm right. already seeing colorways. I'm seeing stories, right? Like, like this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. So I remember that iconic picture of Biggie mm-hmm. where he's wearing the tims. He wearing the blue jeans, the Cougie sweater, right? And the Yankee fitted. So I made a whole shoe that has that. Right. all those I'm elements. I'm making a shoe,
1: there.
3: do or die best style, right? I'm gonna do a shoe. It's going to come out. The front of it got the same new book that the Timbs is made out of. Mm. To the real denim. To the print of my own type of Coogee type joint. Yeah. But it's that. When you see it and you hip hop, that's biggie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to tell those stories. But you got to be passionate about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do a lot of stuff for money. I would do this regardless. I'm so happy that I can make millions right. doing it. Yeah. But like you said, I'm going to wear this for the rest of my life. This yeah. is me. This makes me feel good. You know what I'm saying? Designing and having those shoes, I just think I'm going to hit 40, I'm going to dress like uh, old people. Like when we were young, we was old right, people. We were going to wear right. business suits all the right. time. I'm going to dress like this today. Yeah. I die.
2: And, and, and that whole idea of like designing your life, because I don't think most people, that's why I talked about it in the beginning. Yeah. They don't most people don't dress based on who they really are. Right. Right? Like if, if everybody had a stylist, that stylist would come to them and be like, all right, what is it that you want to express? A person to be like, yo, I want to be regal. I want to, you know, have a fun spirit. I want it to show my creative side. I want it to be sexy or whatever. You go to that person's closet and be like, damn, I ain't got nothing to work with. Everything that you just told me you want to express on it's the inside, here. it's not a representation in your closet. Mm-hmm. Right? That's completely, that can be job. That can be survival. That can be, you know, you, 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 you institutionalize. that's normalcy. a simulation. All of that, you being sold, your insecurities, that's what's in your closet. But when you start from a root of a person to be like, all right, who are you and what you want to project, they have to change their whole closet if they want to project who they really were. That's a fact. Right? And so, like, you know, like I said, when I wear, I like to wear military luxury. Right? That's what I call it. It's like militant Mm -hmm. luxury. I always say Mm -hmm. it's like a mix between, like, James Bond, Pac, and and Malcolm X. Right. You understand me? That's how I'm going to come outside. But... The military was always stylish. That's where they put most of the styles from. Look at how much
3: fashion comes from that.
2: Yeah. Like I was in the military. When I started,
3: we started on military. Yeah. We started, I still put military pieces into my stuff because
2: one is part of my past, Mm -hmm. but also the military. Fly. Right. Fly. Fly. And it's, it's uniform and everything in the military has to have a meaning. Yeah. So it's like if you're designing a brand like a person that's in the military designed the meaning, they can't just put this stripe here for no reason. Yeah. They can't just put this lapel here for no reason. No. It has to have a meaning, right? They're designing it for different ranks, for different officers. They can't use the same colorway as of a different type yep. of branch. So if you think about design and fashion and, and, and whether it's your organization, your business, like, start from that military thought process. What is the reason? Right? Then every single detail inside your business and your brand, inside your style has a meaning. It's to express something. Right? And so for me, like, what am I representing? I represent what I think about in the way I wear. Right? So I ain't even got to introduce myself. You mm-hmm. already know I'm on a different type of time. Because mm-hmm. you're going to put me up against 100 other people, yeah, bruh, different. If, yeah. You, if you ask them to point out who's different, yeah, bruh, different. And when you in the
3: field of dating women, guess who she going to look yeah. at? Because not only that, she sees somebody who's not scared to be themselves, Yeah. Right? So I remember mean, when I first moved out here, I never even spoke a word. I'd be in the morgue. I'd be like, what part of New York you from? Without talking. And yo, first thing yeah. I did when I called back home, I said, yo, the women here is a different type of smart. Yeah. I was like, how? I don't
2: know. Could they could point out a, a, a person from the bay. You know what I mean? But I, that, I moved, the person so I moved that's here not, 03. Yeah. Right, I moved
3: here 03 when I got stationed out here in Alameda. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It was but still I, high school.
3: Yeah and, yeah, and it was still... It was still individualism and fashion. Yeah. When I moved here, the dudes here was wearing the long Alvin and Chipmunk t-shirts yeah. with the Jabot jeans. We yeah. didn't wear those in five years in New York, but right? yeah. out here, they had their own style. And when I first moved, out here, I was like, you know, you from, the outside? I was like, oh, I don't do dressing old oh, yeah. with the new stuff. And now I miss it because everybody's dressed the same. Yeah, that's what you I'm what saying. I'm like, it's, it's just, Coke. everybody's just I never waiting heard for what Coke. the next person do. I never heard the do. saying Coke white tees. Yeah. That's a big
2: thing.
3: Coke white tees. I yeah. was yeah. like, in you know, like yeah. slang, all the different stuff. Like,
2: I think music started to have too much influence over fashion. I yeah. think that's what happened. It's like, let's say, like with the Air Force Ones, mm-hmm. everybody wore because it was in the music, right? Mm-hmm. Even what you talk about food, but everybody wore. You see, LL Cool J wear, yep. and so it became less about the individual expression, yep. right? And it became more about being like this person you look up to. Right, and so it became plagiarism. I'ma copy your style. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about the tenets of hip hop, you know, plagiarism and copying and ain't in it. It's supposed to be originality, Mm -hmm. right? So like that may represent the way future dresses or Kanye dresses, Mm -hmm. but what about you? So that's why it goes back to if you tell me who you are, what you want to express, and I look at your clothes, that's not what I see. Right. Right. And so like always thought about the idea of designing. Design and customization, right? Like we live in a world that's generalized, right? It's not customized. But if, if I was to feed your personality type and your design type to a machine and I say, well, create a, a, a custom style for this person, it probably won't look nothing like how you shop, right? But right. it's going to look like who you are, mm-hmm. right? And what it expressed to be yourself. And so I want people to, you know, find new ways to express who they are. Right. Right. Whether it's in the shoes you're wearing, the clothes you're wearing. So we stop having a society that's based on copying everybody. Right. Because there was this study they showed where they had uh, like a camera set up and like every hour the same type of fit kept showing up <laughs> because people in society are the same, <laughs> same time. They're the same. Like there's an avatar for you. right? Right. Even right. in the hood, the hood avatar. Oh, yeah. Right, like if we go to different hoods in America, it's, it's similar to the same. We know we're going to see some sagging. That got to be added into the avatar, right? Yeah. Back in the day, it was, you know, over, oversized clothes, yeah. right? You might see the hoodie in Oakland. You're going to see the hoodie. You're going to see the dreads, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, you, you know that's a style, that's a look. Yes. But you didn't create that. That's what you as influence and program to. That design is a program. So if you think about designing yourself and being original, you have to be based on who you are not where you are, mm-hmm. right, because we dress based on geographical location, we dress based on our financials, mm-hmm. what we can afford, what we can't afford, and also some po- we, we, we dress based on our imperfections, insecurities, we don't want to be seen, we do want to be seen, so like, what about when you get to that point where you're truly free, you're fearless, Right. You don't care what nobody think. Mm -hmm. Right. And every day you can go out there and be yourself. What would that look like? Right. Most people never going to get to that point in their life where they get to be themselves openly and expressively. Mm -hmm. They have to be what's comfortable for the rest of the world when they see it. They have to be this person, this version. I don't want to be judged. Right. Like I'm I'm wearing I got the crown strap. I got the the, the Machiavelli vest. and I'm putting that on every time. I don't mind being seen because I'm me. You can look at every part of me and that's me. I'm good. So. The, 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 the idea of plagiarism comes from that fear. Like if, if I show what I think, people might not like it. If I show what, if I put on what I wanna wear, so I'm gonna look at what everybody else has on and I'm gonna wear that because it's more comfortable to fit in than it is to be yourself and stand out. Yeah. And they keep hunting us by our insecurities. Black people have too many insecurities. We, we like I said, our, our so-called American story that they tell it starts in slavery, slavery, but that's really white history, that's not our history. That was what we fought against their stories and their narratives. We we created cotton gins and shit because we had to, right? We was there because we had to, not because we wanted to. The people who chose to be there, that's their story. Right, that, that went along with their narrative and their industries and how they chose to build wealth and enslave us. That's not our story because that wasn't our nature. Right. right, That was you all's nature, customs, and normalcy. Mm-hmm. And so when we realized that, what was our normalcy? Go back and look in the books and see how fly we were or see how, when you look at different African cultures, they wear things to represent chieftain. Right? If you go to the Akan people in Ghana, they wear the celestial symbols to represent their status. Right. In that community, they have a process of instilling where they crown people to say, now you a chief in this village. Like or, or just looking at the, you know, the the black uh, aristocracy or royalty, period, you're going to see like, damn, we was always fly. There was different versions of us. We weren't always. It, some of us was half naked doing our rituals, as we still are. And some were the kings. Right. Some built up extreme, amazing, beautiful things. So when you start from there as a base in history. That's where you pull from as an inspiration. So there's nothing to climb up to. Why do I need to put on this brand to be accepted if I already came from royalty? Mm -hmm. Like I'm good. So when we show a Bill Gates that's a billionaire and they be like, well, he ain't got no style. That's basically what people say. They say he ain't got no Mm -hmm. style, but they use it as a way to talk about our style, Mm -hmm. right? but that's an unfair comparison. Number one, everything else he has is expensive. Mm-hmm. Right? You see can't nice house look? Yeah, is styling that. <laughs> well, you gonna see him in a suit. I'm yeah. sure that's not a $100 suit. That's right. a $3, 5,000 right. suit. Right? So, but we use that to demonize us all the time to mm-hmm. talk about our practices. It's not bad for us to get stylish. Cause that's who we are. We mm-hmm. represent our spirit. It, it comes. Yes. Yeah. we we come from royalty. That's like saying it's bad for us to season our food. Right. Right. Because rich people don't season theirs. That's not the <laughs> same. I don't want that. If if this man is rich and he pick a wife that I don't like, she pale, pasty, crusty, and dusty. That don't mean I'm gonna do the same thing that he do. I'm gonna pick with rhythm, style, and grace. Right. That don't even make no sense for us to compare to another courtier. Right. And be like whether. This has nothing to do with their wealth, number one, because he couldn't afford to dress exactly like you, you. and it has nothing to do with his financial status. It's more so us comparing a person's mind to our spirit, right? We are people with spirit and soul. So we represents our soul. We do things with rhythm. Mm -hmm. We do things with spirit. We don't just do it from our logical mind. We never was those type of people. We never asked to be in a system like this. We have to learn financial literacy and education because that's the only way we can build and design because we live in a system based on that. Right. But if we had it our way, we would just come out and express ourselves every single day and it had to be nothing to do with money. But we have to be the guides of our culture. We have to be the owners of our culture. And that's why I think your message is so important because when I listened to some of your interviews briefly, you just kept talking about being an owner and independence. Mm-hmm. And that's the number one thing that they fear. That was the common yep. thread we seen last year, black men talking about being indep- independent thoughts. Yeah. Right? Independent expression. Free how thinking. dare you say what you want to yeah. say? Yeah. How dare you even have this position and not feel like you are privileged enough to shut up? Mm-hmm. Like, no. Right, right. Shut up and dribble. That's what that's it's about. A, being a rich man, the most dangerous thing about a black man being rich is one who has knowledge of self, right? And mm-hmm. who ain't afraid. Right. Right? The ethnic background of you is what makes you dangerous. Mm-hmm. Your values, your principles, your morals. Exactly. How you treat your people, how you have a, uh, an identity that's enriched in culture. That's what people be like, nah, we can't give him no more money. Right. <laughs> We're right. not going to get a, the most dangerous creatives in the courtyard money because d- yep. then we can't control the culture no more with money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they have to make sure that there are benchmarks that we have to consistently fight for. There's nobody in the culture with $100 million, right? How many white men you can, not 100 million, 100 billion, right? right? There's white men with 100 billion. Nobody got a trillion dollar company. Nobody in the culture can brag about having 10 billion, Right. There are certain benchmarks we haven't reached, and they dangle that and say, well, you're yeah. not going to reach it yeah. if you do this. Mm-hmm. You get this amount of grace and freedom, but if you do this, you never going to reach that. Right. And so we're right trying to push the envelope, but somebody else controls the standard. So it's about us controlling that standard and having that power. Right. right? So I know I done had your time here for a while. Oh, that's all good. Um, it's
0: all
3: as much time as you want. <laughs> I love this. I love this. This is this elevated conversation.
2: Yes, sir. So I, I want to ask you, you know, the future aside, Collective, right? Yeah. Like in, in terms of, let's say, first, technology, mm-hmm. right? With generative design, I think that's going to be a huge one because they haven't figured out exactly how to implement um, AI with allowing people step-by-step help with the design process. Mm-hmm. But I've already seen it being started in some apps, but it's not that good where... They, you can start with a base design, and they can basically take you through a process of helping you go through the end supplier and bringing it into production. Mm-hmm. But with you, right, you have your employees who you treat very well. I see you buying them cars. they mm-hmm. happy as hell, right? Um, and, and I think I've seen one of your employees recently, too. Yeah, Ashley. Ashley, that's My who sister. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, like, he bought you the car. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, as far as becoming a a, um, a brand of the future, right? Do you see yourself integrating technology in it whatsoever? No, uh, as far as that AI, I wouldn't do it. I have to design it. Not even, not even just AI, but I mean, like my bro Idris, who designed for Yessie Hustle, yes, uh, where he invested yes, t- yes, the yeah. blockchain in it. Yes, yes, yes. But like I, I started off adding. Young a, Cat too. Yeah. He doing young, oh, that's yeah, my yeah. bro. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, even that, like. Just fashion and technology, that relationship, period. Because we know that they going to use AR, Metaverse stuff like. Mm-hmm. For I, I just I just know for our brands, we have to maintain the classic, but be future forward at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't really um,
3: thought about like the technology part um, to the level. Because I remember he even had the stuff where with, with Nipsey, you scan it, you yeah. get song. You know, like I haven't, I haven't, haven't even that hasn't even been on my horizon. And thinking about like the technology part so um that's something that i would have to actually do more research on and see how it can actually benefit because if it you know what i'm saying it, it's got to make sense you know mm-hmm. i just don't want to do it because everybody else doing it like everybody right. jumped on nfts i said i don't see it mm-hmm. and a lot of these nfts they don't talk about them no more with the sneakers remember they old oh, yeah. stock x buy the sneaker nike sued them like and you know people like oh i'm buying this nft and now because do I, I see NFTs? It's like it's a digital picture. You get to own it, digital picture. But how is that going to be valuable when everything's on water? Water it down because we're in the social media age. It's going to be more picture sharing, more. Of this, more of that to the point where people are like, "Oh, I I own the original first picture of the side of ocean, so I can screenshot it." You know what I'm saying? Like I never caught that to right. think that it was going to be valuable to me, right? And and I rather, I'm the kind of person where I'm cool not being first to some parties, right? Like. Everybody was like, oh, get on oh, no. this NFT. Being
2: first is expensive.
3: Right. Cause because uh, a lot a lot of people they like, oh us do the NFT, just do the NFT, do the NFT. You should do an NFT with your shoe. Right? First of all, I still don't understand how that works. So let me look yeah. and see how it really works. And when it's perfected, if it didn't make dollars and make sense, then I'll go to it. I'm cool with being last to it, because if I when I come to it, I'm gonna come to it correct. Right? So Yeah,
2: I think most people approach it as a trend rather than a technology. Right. If if you look at the blockchain space, period you know, the block market, there's all sort of new technologies and softwares that emerge that basically take old processes and make it super efficient now, mm-hmm. right? So for me, the idea of like, well, I was talking about Idris, he created these chips that get embedded into clothing, right? So let's say each one of your shoes come with one of those chips. They can now scan that chip and look at the history of that shoe, where it came from. If there's a resale market, who owned it before? You can even embed information into it. So maybe you want to put out a free course. So you say, well, if you buy, you know, this particular Culture Vultures, right, it's going to come with a course on there or a documentary on Culture Vultures. Mm -hmm. Or this shoe represents a membership. Right. And then you have the ability to where it connects to an app and it's updatable. Right. So let's say, you know, I might not do nothing with that shoe till you you sell it to him in January. But you say if you own that by March, we're going to add a bonus to it. This could be an entry to a, a show Uh, It could be, you know, exclusive drop for only people who own that shoe. So it just gives you more creativity to manage to where that's a harder process if you don't have it centralized. Right. So the way I looked at NFTs was a technology to it. You can use for your creativity. But most people were doing it based on the market. Oh, this went up. I'm gonna buy it. So therefore, they was losing because 90 percent of businesses that start up fail. This is you starting a new brand. Yeah. So this is startups and entrepreneurs. Ninety percent of them go fail. That's fact. And so we've seen that exact thing happen. But we do see some brands maintain the value and they're going to build over decades, not over just months and years. Mm. And so that's why technology has to always go through you know, this process of where there's a bubble, it goes all the way up, that bubble bursts, it comes down, has a little recession, then it finds its standard or where it's going to exist in culture. And so now we're at this place where mass adoption is gonna happen from companies, whether it's company to company or company to consumer, but they're not gonna sell it as an NFT, it's just embedded in the fabric of the company process because it makes it easier, Mm -hmm. right? And now we can actually implement more things, so we're not selling it based on the NFT, we're selling it based on what we can do now that we're utilizing this blockchain technology. Okay, I see. And so that's why it's it's messed up. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, I told yeah. people that earlier, like, don't buy celebrity projects. Right. right? Don't buy it just because you see it. Study everything, whether it's cryptocurrency or it's the stock market. Why wouldn't you apply the same metrics to the crypto you apply to the stock? Right. Right? Anytime it's something new, study how new industries emerge how they come about and how they're adopted to the masses. Just because this is your time, and we went, we went through DAOs, which is still a great concept, uh, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, where essentially everybody who buys into it has equity and they have um, shared ownership where there's no CEO of a company. Okay. The collective owns that company and it's tracked on a blockchain, so there's no way that you can like snake somebody, right? the money is accounted for inside a treasury and everybody has voting power on what you do next with that money. So let's say if it was a shoe company, then you would say some people connect NFTs to a DAO as like a membership pass. You buy in it through that NFT. Now you are a shareholder within this DAO. So let's say, well, now everybody who's a shareholder in this DAO, y'all can decide what the next colorway that comes out.
3: So now you're doing it
2: based on the consumer participation and the voting power. And or you can say, well, everybody who is in this, y'all can get profit when I sell that. And it's so easy because if you take that money, it'll be automatically distributed to the owner. So you don't have to do nothing. They don't have to trust you because it's all transparent because they can go on the blockchain and see it. So ideas like that allow the owner and the entrepreneur to conceive of different ways to where they can leverage their IP and they can leverage a product and they can leverage their community that already exists. So that was my... I've been teaching the blockchain for like five years now. I was telling people about AI and blockchain because I was like, yo, this is a way where we compete in the marketplace. We're super creative, but when you can't mix the business and creativity, there's a lack because you have right. to do one at the same or the other. other right. But with blockchain, I really think it allows you to do both. Right? It's saying that I don't have to sacrifice one or the other. I can be super creative, and now it's possible because of the blockchain. Right? So now I can get all of these things done at once. So I think that's a, a, a reach where we look into the future and we're figuring out, like, if black people want to stop complaining about anything, we just use the yeah. blockchain. If we say we don't like the dollar in a system, we use cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah, if we yeah. say we don't like CEO corruption, we use DAOs, yeah. right? Yeah. If we say we can't afford employees and access to certain tools, we're going to use AI. If we say we don't like the narratives of the media, we use social media. Yeah. So, yeah, like... Yeah. Our old complaints are not valid no more. Right. It's our laziness that's valid. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Which is, it's invalid, but that's our real reason why we keep the same complaints. Exactly. So that's why I brought that up, you know? No, that, you got me now thinking now. Yeah, yeah. 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 I want to see a dude, because I I, I want us as black people, we need to constantly set the tone. Kanye West, there was somebody who made a a Kanye coin years ago, Mm -hmm. and they copied his likeness. And that was years before, right, all of the cryptos, out. I think it was only like three, four of them out at that time. Yeah, He had his lawyers, you know what I mean, basically get them to stop, uh, a cease and desist, essentially. Yeah. But if he would have instead embraced the technology, he'd have like a top four, top three cryptocurrency on the market today. Right. Right, which would be worth way, bi- I'm talking about billions right. and billions of dollars. He didn't, he didn't see, see the opportunity that he right. could have took from it. Right. Could have been a... a, a <laughs> A billionaire where Adidas can't even strip that from him. Different kind of money. Different. If, if he would have said the same Different. thing with NFTs, and a lot of people in there, and, and I don't like the word NFTs because it's stigmatic to what happened with the market and the trends last year, but just the technology allows him to sell to a mass group of people all at once, verify every single transaction at once, take in $100 million, have it in his bank account, right and transparently deliver these shoes from a step by step process way where each person can track what's happening with it so you're not going to deal with no chargebacks no none of that right today if he say i want to drop me a shoe right it's a pre-order process for the next 5 months he was selling jackets for right. a year later pre-order yeah and they got it so a year later if he say mm-hmm. they not delivering in 2024 people buying them yeah that will give him all the time in the world to set up the process mm-hmm. i promise you he he probably make a billion dollars on the blockchain yeah. between now into 2024 you just gotta right. have the right you gotta have the right product the infrastructure as well yeah
0: and that's what, I mean? what
3: I'm, that's what that's what i, I want to see now next with kanye is like without the machine what are you going to do right you know what i'm saying he went on his little tangent and i right. felt like he wasn't thinking i didn't see a mind of somebody thinking about Mm-mm. yo. how can i get back what i lost
2: with, right. with my because of my designs right i want to see now I think that was buried out of frustration, yeah. Rather than pure genius strategy, because he knows Idris. Idris has designed stuff for him, Mm -hmm. so he could have Idris design that for him, and that would have been billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So it's like within our culture, within our spaces, we have to utilize each other, build with each other. Oftentimes, it's a lack of communication. Mm -hmm. We, when we get success, because it's so brand new to us, we happy with what we got. There was a story my brother Keenan told me on the first episode of High Level Conversations. He was talking to a billionaire white guy at this party, and he walked up to him, and his man just got money. He said, how come you don't think, you know, it's no black people in a culture that got money like you or something like that? Mm -hmm. He said, because I ain't never met a black person greedier than me, right? (laughs) Straight up. (laughs) They went, when when they, yeah, their passion is the money, so they just keep building. Yeah. Apple is a trillion dollar company and you think they want to stop at a trillion? Not They're trying to figure out we get the two. To get the 20 trillion. Right. Like, like going. when we build things, we get satisfied, and that's yeah. fine because, you know, greed, you know, destroys, but when we think about somebody, if not a few of us, it's all it takes to create something so large that it can't fail and that it becomes an institution for everybody else. Yeah. So that's my thing now is, like, I want to, like, how he's like, I'm not greedy enough. Well, I
3: am with not the money, but... To see how much more I could right. do. That's is what's pushing me. You know, like, yeah. like I wanna see how far I could keep going before yeah. you know one of these companies be like, yo, we he on our radar or right. something it's like too that. Big. I wanna see like,
2: could I make it to a billion from just really mm-hmm. on your own. If 50 million in sales, 10x that evaluation, you got five hundred million. Bro, I wanna evaluation. keep going,
3: you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know it's gotta get there, it's gotta hit another plate because everything is is is, is it's timing too, right? And luck to do what I've done. It's time and luck, but it's also the consistency. Like I don't stop. Like it's abnormal. Like a lot of things I'm doing is abnormal. It's, mm-hmm. it's not normal for a, a, a black-owned sneaker company that just came out to keep coming out with styles and keep going right. on styles and quality and, 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 and don't have a machine behind them. Like literally, I work out of my garage in my house, mm-hmm. right? Like this is unheard of. Yeah. Right? I've never. I, I know everybody who's black and who has their own sneaker company. No, none of them are doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? So I got to keep going. That's the greed. It's like, how far can I go with this? Can I make this a billion dollar company on my own? And that's what that's my personal goal, right? So, when, so like, say like uh, Puma would be like, hey, yo, we like what you're doing. We want to give you 300 million. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, I can't, because I got to get that on my right. own. Because if, well, if, you if wanna they give me 300 yeah, million, that means I'm probably worth? worth a billion. Yeah. Because you're always going to undervalue what, what I
2: am. And because we don't always look at projected growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I
3: look at the projected growth. Yeah. I know my company's already worth over 100 million. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I remember when they sold Fubu for 100 million. And I, I, I was like, that's crazy. Right. I thought that was so much money. Like, yo, that's crazy. But it's like five of them, too. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I just want to, 500 million, 600, I just want to see how far, right. what we could do. Because, like you said, the bigger it grows, then it becomes something else. And still to be able to do this, Direct to consumer, and you had said something about Nike, like Nike is doing that. Nike told full Locker, "We're not gonna give you a lot of stuff no more," because mm-hmm. they realized why are we giving them the shoes for seventy dollars when we could sell it? Maybe if you do the blockchain, right. go and link it to NFTs or whatever. But they don't need Full Locker. Right? Like I don't understand why a company like Hershey's wants a Super Bowl commercial. If I if I took over one of these companies, like people like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, or whatever. And I, and I come there, we're not spending no money on ads. And let's see what our sales look like. Just give it to me for one year. Don't spend no money on ads. And let's just keep where we've been 20 million a year. We're gonna keep that 20 million, not on ads. Are oh, our sales the same? Because that product has been around so long, like your customers is your, is you eating a Reese's? Oh yeah, here, you want one? Oh, I like how to say, like how, how, how you really get new customers, right? Because you've been around for so long, you're in every store already. I'm gonna to come to the chocolate aisle, I know what I like, I'm gonna pick this up. Why do I gotta spend $20 million for you to keep doing the same thing? Right? I don't I wouldn't mm. pay $7 million for a Super Bowl commercial on one of these. It's a waste of seven million dollars for 30 seconds. I, I know, know it's a tax
2: write-off. I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think about that one because But think about it, right? Like a Hershey's peanut butter cup. So, so well Hershey's peanut butter, right? Right. With, these, with, the, with the, with the, with the, yeah, with the, they, they might do a collab. That part's Yeah, <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> hey, it came here first. <laughs> with the, let's say the thing about it is they're, they're always trying to get, you know, the consumers that ain't even been born yet. Right. Like mothers. Right. That they sit in there craving chocolates. But if your mother eats it and you right. see your mother, my mother drink Pepsi. Yeah. The mother I see my it mom drink in Pepsi. In Snuck it out
3: the refrigerator. Right. Guess
2: what? The mother made me the customer, not the commercial. But the customer is your mother seen it on the Super Bowl commercial, too. So part of it becomes like this ritual thing where, like, if, if it's not in the Super Bowl, then they project that that company is no longer doing good. It's like if you see a person that's always wearing a chain, they no longer got it, we'll have any your money, right? It's not that some part nothing happened at all, but customer perception is key. Like, you're used to seeing Pepsi and ads and subliminal things, and so when they're no longer there, you start to think that there's a decline. And so you create that association. But but where into that equation right comes into the point that people
3: don't watch TV anymore.
2: Well well yeah people who right? watch right? the Super Bowl but not right, like right, TV.
3: People, right that's 28 million people right that watch the Super Bowl it's billions of people in the world right right but think about it like so like not even the Super Bowl they just say regular TV commercial I say oh you, you do Super Bowl commercial that'd be a one commercial for the year say so you do that. spend seven million usually I spend thirty million so just do the Super Bowl commercial see if sales spiked after. Do do the market research. Did we get more sales at, from from February to you know to June, and then go that from last quarter of last year at same time? A brand like yours would, huh? A brand like yours would. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know about them. right. So when they see it, they're like, oh man, those shoes, those shoes are cool. So
2: you saying that you believe a lot of brands have capped the market of brand exposure?
3: Yeah, I think certain brands definitely have. Like Hershey's, you, you, you got fucking park in Pennsylvania. But, but here's
2: the dangerous thing, though, is that. I think that's 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 where a lot of brands that they get comfortable. Then yes, right? Because these brands are going for growth, yeah, not well, maintenance. Now, I'm not saying advertisement. Off, I'm talking about the TV, mm-hmm.
3: right? Because oh yeah, you know, I would have. You know what right? I would have did? Like you could you could change that money and do and do something different. Yeah, right? I would have like did if a You want to get the kid, but now even it's going to be hard. Like see, we want to get the kid. Do it like the crack era outside. Have a Hershey stand. Here you go, free chocolate. Yeah. Right. But now schools don't even want candy. Right. In the schools, they want the, the, the cleaner, the juices,
2: the waters. They don't want sodas because of the sugar and the fats. I would, if I was Hershey, and y'all, 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 y'all be stealing stuff. I know y'all can take. It. I don't care. <laughs> if I was Hershey, what I would have did, right? So let's say we didn't spend money on Super Bowl, and if we wanted to do on that today, of course Valentine's Day is coming, right? right? So I would have reached out to maybe, I would have had the team reach out to like 10,000 people and give them a deal. However, we can spread that $7 million across as many TikTok influencers in the world. And everybody at one point in time has to drop it at the same time. Right. We would have took over the Internet and broke it. There you go. See, now
3: that's different. Everybody is still doing the same thing. Right. Like look at school. They still teaching the same stuff they taught my mom in school. The world is changing. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, we got blockchains. Right. We not learning financial literacy in school. That's a fact. Yo, you have coding. They're not even doing that. The world has changed so much, and we still doing the same thing because it's the same thing like Netflix. Blockbuster didn't even see them come. Ah, Netflix. Now they putting the red boxes everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Dollar a rental. Blockbuster. Still $6. They're going to rock with us because we blockbuster. Yeah. All of a sudden, out. Blockbuster clothes, blockbuster clothes. Guess what? Netflix has killed you because you didn't see it coming because you was used to everything being the same. Complacency, even advertisement. Like, would you say right there? Oh, they gonna use that. That's gold. Look, easy money. For all these influencers make a a TikTok about like using the Hershey's a new way to make a s'mores. Right. Call it more s'mores. Right. Right? right. You got. You can do your own. Everybody thing. everybody use the same hashtag. Same more time. s'mores. Like you, all of that, that'll cost them a hundred thousand dollars. Be like, look, you 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 good, we're gonna give you a thousand. We're gonna give you a thousand, we're gonna give you a thousand. All of y'all you gotta post at this time, whatever region you in, it's gonna be the same time. And when you put hashtag Super Bowl. Right. Guess what? Your hundred thousand dollars just made more money for your company,
2: and now you got the younger kids because that's who you always need. You're or you know younger what they generation have did? You could go to see this is this is so I get what you're saying, Because. Right? If you're a billion-dollar company, you're going to do it because that just makes sense. It's in your budget, right? And if you're a startup company, if you got it in your budget, some companies, they don't actually see a spike in the sense of actual growth, right? They did – 2022, they said if you would have put $100 in mostly all the companies that advertise, right, you would have lost money, right, on the stock market. So, you know, when you think about it from that standpoint, no. But if you think about it from the new branding standpoint, you got people like Mr. Beast, he has like 100 plus million followers Mm -hmm. on Instagram, I mean, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. If they would have gave him the check, right, that's a completely different vertical going directly to consumer. Mm -hmm. Because at any point in time, they can reach 100 million people, right? And if they're giving him money, which what they do with a lot of these brands, is they give them the money to create content, which is the brand partnership and association and connection. Mm -hmm. But Reaching 100 million people looks different. When it was just TV, you had to go direct there. When it was print newspaper, you had to get 100 million readers. to Right? So now, reaching 100 million people, if they was to, and this is where I think, number one, black influencers and and people who are very influential are very underappreciated. Same thing on YouTube. Black channels that's reaching, like, we get millions of views, right? We generate our own ads on our video side. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I put my own products in there. Ain't nobody came with no big check, but we get millions of views and we have a very smart audience that likes to Mm -hmm. buy things as well. But they're not looking at it like that. We have Mm -hmm. to tell them the story of what it is on the back end for them to have an understanding. Right. So when, like you said, when they're so caught up in the old ways of doing things, they don't understand the new opportunities to where Mm -hmm. they can get a better reach and they can get a better return on a dollar. Mm -hmm. So this is why a lot of companies have to they end up firing people, having to reevaluate strategies when it works so long, it's just somebody's job to keep spending that money. Yeah, They don't have to, they don't ever have to really say, uh, 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 you know, I did it because of this reason or that. They do it because it's tradition at this point. Yeah. They don't have to think of new creative ways because that's more riskier for their job position. If I do this and it fails, then that looks like on me. But if I do what's already been an industry standard, then that's a good spin. Yeah. so. We don't have people in positions, because black media right now is in trouble because the white companies that promise black advertisement dollars are reneging on their promise. Mm -hmm. It happened during George Floyd. They started promising all of this equity and all of this money, and now they're pulling it back. Some are blaming Kanye West and Kyrie Irving, Mm -hmm. saying that, well, y'all should have put them in check, and they created a ripple effect, and they punish everybody, Mm -hmm. right? And so this is why you see a lot of people like, bro, chill out, you're gonna mess it up for everybody, because they literally do, Mm -hmm. right? And so when black media is dependent on white ad dollars, right. they control us, right? And so if you don't learn how to partner with each other, right? Say, look, I'm about to get a million views. Let me put your business on there, right? And then let's do some affiliate or let's do some partnership or black businesses need to think about spending with black media platforms, right? So we don't have to go outside the company or our community, so we mm-hmm. owe each other, right? So now this is, this is the community said they're spending money. They're not going to counsel me. They don't care what I say. Mm-hmm. They want me to say it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 We gonna keep buying those black products. Yeah. We got a black media voice. We get black dollars. Everything good. Yeah. It's only when somebody outside the community uh, yes. want to control the voices and narratives in our community. Exactly. When we say something that benefits us, there's a problem because yeah. we're not the one that's actually uh, um, backing us financially.
3: Right. <laughs> you said that so perfectly. <laughs> like for real. If you, if that's your boss. Yeah. Or if you give too much power and you making people change the way they think, oh, they're gonna shadow ban that. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what they don't want. They, right. don't want. they don't want the cattle getting free. Right. You feel me? We the cash cows. Right. Right? But when our when thinking doesn't align with their dollars, right, oh, it's a wrap.
2: And that's why, you know, high-level conversations work because it's what's needed. Not because that's what they want to see out there. It works because the way we did it, how we partnered with EYL. And the team that I got and the way that we put it together in the visionary scale, it's because everybody, everything I tell them I do something, people always tell me it ain't going to work. And that's when I know it's going to work. Yeah. Right? A small mind supposed to tell you a big idea ain't supposed to work. They small mm-hmm. minded. Yeah, they they
3: projecting their fears yeah. on you.
2: If I talk to a visionary, they go see it. They can yeah. see how far I see. They, Oh, I get what you're trying to do over there. Yeah, that's going to rock. They might try to tell you to switch up a couple of details based on their expertise or opinion, but they're not going to tell you a big idea not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're able to get millions and millions of views. We're not talking about gossip, not talking about rumors, not talking about exactly. ignorance. Everything is a value. And so, as I said before, our only spin that we ask for the, 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 the person that's in the high level conversation society is to spend time with us right? And that time that you spend is quality time. Right. You're getting the ROI on that. Right. You're learning something. You're exactly. getting inspired, right? You can have your children come in and listen at the same time. The whole family can sit around and watch this and be like, yo, I learned something. That gave me inspiration. A celebrity can sit like, damn, I should create my own brand or I should partner with a black brand, right? I could think of different ways. Companies that are in corporate be like, damn, they didn't gave me. <laughs> they talked about us, but really they gave us a consultation, right? Right, right. So, That's the beauty of when black creatives get around and we sit openly, we're giving everybody the game. facts. That's what we do. Revolutionaries was giving white America the game on when y'all stop being racist on how to sell to black people, right? Whether that we did it intentionally or not, they sit back, learn, study, and be like, okay, lesson learned. I'm going to move forward, right? We have to do that same thing, right? But when we value each other, we be like, damn... This is better than HBO, man. This is this is flyer. This is way better than the Mirrors. I got the size zone, man. Right. I'm, I'm I'm mad. I got on the off ways. I'm taking <laughs> these off. I'm about to go make sure I figure out my size and get every color, because that's the intentionality I want to have. You feel me? Like when you see me wearing them, I'm doing it on purpose. Yeah. Right. I'm not. Black business can't be on accident. Economic prosperity can't be on accident. You gotta say every single day, I want ours to be better because every other community, they do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? The the beautiful thing about the Jewish community is how intentional bro, they are. Bruh. I grew up with them. That's I grew up. Where <laughs> I stay at it, it's nothing but Jewish people. Their intentionality <laughs> as a people is their power. Yeah. We always talked about the Asian people intentionality, mm-hmm. right? Them having Asian communities set up all across the planet Earth. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. When we start making black business this stigma as if it's a charity, yeah. right, instead of it's prosperity, yep. it's wealth, then that's when we have an issue. And, and, and I'm going to give us credit. We're doing good. We're doing better. Yeah.
3: yeah. It, it, it's a lot more now you've noticed. Yeah. Because, like, even, like, even with, the, with the stuff that happened with Kyrie, people get to see. Right. Like, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. He just lost his contract for hate speech and he didn't say a word? Right. Never, that's crazy. Right. Right? And you get to see it. So now you're getting all these little glimpses of how they really think about us. Right. How they use us. Right. Right? Still give you crumbs. Right. Right? For example, Steph Curry got a billion-dollar lifetime deal with Under Armour.
2: Mm-hmm. So does
3: LeBron. hmm I think they got ripped off. hmm If you make this company a billion dollars a year and then 20 years, we're watching Michael Jordan right now, 20, 30 years since he played, still be able to sell those same shoes. LeBron going to sell them shoes. They're going to make a billion dollars a year, a billion dollars right. a So what are you really getting? Are you getting a point percent, one percent of what you ever made Nike, and they give, it, give you one percent, and you happy because it's a billion? Right. And it's lifetime, so it's a and no And lifetime. So you're not going to get another billion from it. It's just a billion. They can just give you a check every year, or maybe 20 million for the rest of your life, whatever. Right? right? But whereas you're making them triple that every year mm-hmm. and they're gonna make Michael Jordan 50 almost 60 years old right now right he's like 57 58 they still making that money off him. more money off of him than he did when he played yeah way more
2: but it, it, one billion
3: it, 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 and we just seen Kanye make three four in eight years mm-hmm. with adidas come
2: on we know off that. of 11 percent. 11. People don't really understand so how, how much crazy is? That is. And, and so I, I, I told people that breakdown. So, y'all talking about he's not a billionaire, but he was only a billionaire based on evaluation, based yeah. on these metrics. And like systems. how you said, we don't never right. see the the, the future the, trend. We don't grow. look at the future. His like, was no, based on if
3: all of these deals mm-hmm. would have he would have carried his contract. out the term. If he yeah. did the playoffs term, he would have got that minus the taxes that they're going to take from it. So, his his, his evaluation, because evaluation could change in the split. Right. And we've seen it with him. That's why, you know, I said my numbers. You're like, yeah, that's a 500 million company. I say 100 million. Yeah. Right? Because I, I am projecting of what's going to happen, but I'm not going to go to always project because then you got to think, oh, maybe one year we go into a depression, people not buying shoes. I'm going to lose a lot of money that year. You know what I'm saying? There's different things that we don't see right now, those variables. And that was the thing with Kanye. Like, he's still worth 400 million, but. He might not be worth that because of all of the Hitler speech. His a lot of his money, hundred million of it is his music, and I think his music catalog is worth more than a hundred million. You catalog think that, worth
2: a billion. I think
3: they Ain't underestimated. But now it's his it's his catalog. If he doesn't change his image, right, because it's only valuable what they can sell. If the people who own it, they're white, most of them Jewish people own the music industry. Look, Scooter Braun, they're buying all of that up. Now, if they don't like you,
2: they can. They but can but your here's music, the beautiful right? thing. See, even with the blockchain, he can just sell direct to consumer. Yeah, but he has to own it. Right, but I'm just saying as far as the idea of music. At first it was, who's going to buy it? Like, these huge companies. If, if, if And I believe he's supposed to get his master's back after a certain amount of time, Yes, right? I
3: think every artist, right? After a certain amount of years or well, something? I
2: think, year? Well, I think after every artist, it's like, I don't know how years many years. But with this. his, I believe it was a clause in there that says that, you know, his master's will return in like 10 years or whatever Bet. it may be. Bet. So, so, yeah. so that's what blockchain yeah. is, right? So let's say if he didn't say, I don't want to sell it to Scooter Braun or some fun company, what if I say... I want to give the consumer, the fan, the opportunity to own my music, mm-hmm. right? And so every time it gets played, every time you play, it, you get paid. How much money could he sell if he fractionalized ownership from his whole catalog? That's a billion dollars. Is what I, I mean. I think That's so. way more than a billion. I think his catalog is the other than
3: Michael Jackson and uh-huh. all of that. But like as far as the hip hop artists, I think he his catalog has to be the most expensive one right yeah you Should he, he has so many hits was. like it has to be right but also it has to go in that too is he hurt a lot of his own people mm-hmm. right like just things he said he hurt black people right like 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 uh the george floyd stuff right like you lose respect and things like that like we seen what we saw right i understand you have a mental illness but that stuff still hurts people people got to forgive you right can you get can you get back that because we didn't care about, a lot of us didn't care about right. the other stuff he's talking about, but when you start attacking black people, you know, with your with your rhetoric, then now you're hurting the people who were championing you, who was riding for you, who would still buy your stuff regardless. And now when you take us out of the equation, it's like once he's got to get that back, he's got to, because we're very forgiving people. We
2: also I was just about to say, yeah, we're well, we we very forgiving we, people. We, you know? we, and we and can't I always wait this say to this, begin.
3: I've said this on Instagram Live, I said Kanye West has the biggest, get-out-of-jail-free card. Listen, I was off my meds.
2: Right. That's and not how I feel. When when a person, like, so this is what I want to project. We we forgive rappers for killing people. Right. Right. They, 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 about they can beat people. They can do everything. Kanye West, he said words. Propaganda. Right. Right. He's made in-the-moment, off-the-cuff, tactless mistakes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether they was purposeful or not. And so... That's why nobody can say we can't forget Kanye West because right. your favorite rappers talk about killing people and you've had no issue with that. No, it's about so, killing black people. Yes, brag about it. Right,
3: and then the white company plays a commercial for Nabisco cookies after the song. Right. like that's crazy.
2: That that's so, crazy to me. That's if insanity. I'm putting that by the same moral standard. Yeah. right. Yeah. I ain't got no issue with it yet. Right. If I'm putting worse. it by that moral standard, I ain't got no issue with them. Period. But you know, just in that sense of like, we're very hypocritical mm-hmm. and very selective right, with our anger, Facts. right, and it doesn't make sense when you're looking at the reason why, right, so you, if you're a rapper, and in most of your songs, you got beasts with cats, you talk about killing cats, and then the next day, you know, you protesting to, for Black Life Matter, Right. I don't give you no points for that, No. you know what no. I'm saying, because your music is anti-black, right. right, and so some of his rhetoric, some people believe was anti-black, but it's the movement, right, that's right. the question. Right. And so the culture right now has movements that we celebrate that's anti-black. Mm-hmm. And so until we read that, we can't be hypocritical and judge nobody and try to counsel nobody because you know that's that whole throwing stones in the glass yep. house. Yep. Like who is around in this industry perfect? Right. You know what I mean? Like from the top down to, to here. Like who's perfect? you're a fan picking preference on selectivity on how you want to choose your bias. Mm-hmm. But in reality, yeah, Kanye it. West has not done worse than 99% of these rappers. No. no right? That's like, so that's, that's where I like to get people to just think critically. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Once yeah. you're thinking emotionally, you're like, well, yeah, whatever. I don't want to hear nothing because I only want things that confirm my bias. Mm-hmm. But when you're thinking critically, well, all right, I actually agree with you rationally. You, you're right. Then a person still jump back to their bias, but I still want, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, but that's why we can't make certain progress. Right. Because other coaches can think rationally and critically and, and move And we're forward. overly critical of each other. Right. Like, we tear each other down way worse than they do us. Look at Balenciaga. The coaches damn near the forget, them already. Oh, they did. They did. <laughs> Pedophile. Catch is Straight- wearing Balenciaga again. Imagine if that was a black designer. And they came out over. and they had sexual predation, a child, you know, on their stuff. Man, everybody, man, we, we don't want we to hear nothing from you. you now, let me teach you something about branding. You understand me? And reality and politics. Now, Balenciaga recently apologized for having an offensive shoot that was controversially seen doing nothing else but peddling. You understand me? And they apologized and said that they're going to sue the creator. Now, Kanye West came out and spoke against it, saying that celebrities are afraid to say something because they got masters. Shaq came out and spoke against him, but didn't speak to the facts of the situation. These brands have so much power and control over the minds of our people that even when it comes to something like protecting children and standing up for the rights of young children and making sure that we don't normalize things like We wipe it away and act like it's another thing at another day. But the reality of it is, is that I would rather wear a White Lives Matter shirt than a Balenciaga shirt. You understand me? Because at least that's not connected to child sex enslavement or child pedophilia. And they're trying to normalize these things. And that's why it's important for us to have our own brand constructs, right? It's important to us the same way we look at their faults and we look at the issues that they do and we like, you know what? I'm still gonna rock with them. We have to do that to our people, you understand me? If you can forgive Balenciaga, imagine what it's like to forgive our people, continue working with each other, unite and continue to build brands that circulate the dollar within our communities. If I see you wearing Balenciaga now, you understand me? I know that it's just because you like pedal wear and you don't mind putting that out there. You don't mind if the brands that you celebrate and that you support pushes pedophilia. So you gotta look in the mirror and you gotta think about yourself. Keep putting that
3: pedal wear on Balenciaga slippers. Them big ugly rubber boots, the one yeah. that Kanye West was wearing, yeah. those Balenciagas. They and then that they, another company came and made some red clown ones, like right.
2: So you know, to close yeah. this out, man. Number yeah. one, this has been a very powerful uh, conversation, and. You know, some of the the, the key points that I want people to really participate and take from it is about designing yourself, Mm -hmm. expressing yourself from a true standpoint, not just what you're sold, but based on who you are, right? Changing the way that we look at, you know, what it means to be a designer, a black designer. Mm -hmm. That word black should never be in connection of a connotation of negativity, Mm -hmm. charity, something of lower, right? Whether you like the word black or not, you have to start establishing anything that's connected to us of a higher power, of a higher notion, of a higher aspiration and inspiration. That's what our goal is to be. Right. Like in this culture, the the, the, the goal is to decrease the anti-blackness and increase the pro-blackness. That's the aspiration for us. When we talk unity, And we talk wealth, we're talking pro-blackness because you can't get there without being pro-black because it represents Mm self-love. I love my people so much I'm always shopping with us. I want that dollar to circulate. I want that child of that mother who started that business, I want their child to grow. I want to see them get the right education. I want them to have the right security, protection. So therefore I'm shopping because I know every dollar is going to the benefit of my people. And I love myself so much and I'm reflecting that in the way I move. I reflect that in what I wear. I'm in my, my music videos and I'm wearing all these black businesses and brands because bro look like me and I love myself so much. I'm aware from somebody who look like me that come from my stroke because I know I'm helping a the household. Then that's reverberating and creating generational wealth. You're able to hire more people. That's changing the look of the neighborhoods. We can buy our own homes. We become our own bosses mm-hmm. and landlords. We look at black businesses and we see that. Damn. I could go spend this budget I have for luxury with them, or I could go to my brother Rich God or Rich Fresh or Able Self or Sire Collective or go to Milano or Dopera, mm-hmm. or Crown Society and whoever I didn't mention, all y'all, put mm-hmm. your name up there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I want us to really internalize that aspiration of feeling that we have towards everybody else, towards self.
3: Thanks.
2: And you may be in love with the fashion culture, the European culture, the flying out to London, to putting all these ugly clothes on, Right right, let your brother make something ugly and put it on, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, if you go wear something wild because a a European fashion designer made it and they told you this is couture, this is chic, this is whatever, they just throw these (laughs) names at you, right, and they be like, wear it, you know what I'm saying, and and, and they got you looking like a fool and then you tell everybody, y'all don't understand this, well, let your brother put on some goofy (laughs) clothes on (laughs) you, if that's the case, you know what I'm saying, let let them design (laughs)
3: it won't work because it got to be $10,000 yeah. like yeah I spent 10000 yeah. on this so yeah, you don't understand that
2: right at least when you looking like a fool it still benefits us right. you know what I'm saying Facts. you're not looking like a fool financially Facts. so if you just complain you, if you bragging about man you know I went to, I went to so and so and I bought a $50,000 bag and guess what it was black owned that's a different kind of brag mm-hmm. because you literally saying that I'm going into the construction of our future right like I'm putting black families through college with this, right? Like you can go buy an Iron Man's bag or you can spend it with a black designer and put a family through an education and and help them build their business and employ black people, right? So it's intentionality and it's thinking and then it goes into creativity. We have to create meaningful designs. You have to understand who we are and the rhythm of what we come from. We're very cosmically creative people. It's an infinite battery of creativity. We never gonna run out, but... It's dangerous when we get to a place where we forget that. We forget that we come from all this royalty, creativity, innovation, origination, and we start doing plagiarism. And we just copy and waiting for the original to come out with something new. I I told my team once before, I said, let's not drop nothing in a while. You know, let's not put on no education in a while. I want to see what other people do. Then I didn't see no new topics spurring up. I didn't see people talking about new things because they waiting on the originator to come out with something they can plagiarize and copy. Mm. And so it's cool to be influential, but don't always wait on the influence. Influence yourself. Be inspired. Facts. It's better to be inspirational than it is influential, right, when you're talking about helping people become their true self. So I want to inspire people, right, so therefore you do it your way, right, and you're taking it further, not just taking it from me. Right? And so that's the power. And last but not least, my brother side Collective, and I, I'm naming you by your brand, by the mm-hmm. way, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the name that I want everybody to have in their mind, right? Yes, sir. When you putting on your shoes, right, and you go look at his website... Right, and you thinking about you know what you're gonna buy next month or next week for your girl, for your guy, for the next holiday. When you going out on these trips, or you rocking the red carpet, or you putting it in a movie, or you putting it in a music video, make sure, right? Number one, is somebody that's from us. Take some of that budget and spend it with us. But specifically, this brand that this brother is building is a billion dollar brand, right? I speak that already into existence because I'm looking at the future projection and the trends and what it's already worth. I always say Kanye West is still worth a billion because his ability to generate billions, yep. right? That's the value, Your bi- and the ability to generate ideas. That's super valuable. But they don't wanna come to us and tell us our true value so we never know and we don't ask for it next time. Mm-hmm. So they don't come into black communities with their VC funds and give us hundreds and 200s and 300 millions of dollars for our ideas. They do that. They risk money on each other all day long. They rich a billion dollars on an idea all day long without proven concepts, sales, or anything. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell us? We got to do the same thing. The blueprint is taking a risk on each other, investing in each other, partnering with each other, building with each other. After that, we no longer look at Black Wall Street, right, as, you know, this anomaly. Because then it exists in our everyday activities. Yep. I'm 19 Keys. It's been your high-level conversations. Tap in.
0: My brother. Yeah, was dope, baby. I might
2: a this high level with, the guys. with growing
3: my company, Sia, and building it the way I wanted to, literally the first thing I had to do was say, I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what nobody thinks. Because the only way this is going to work, if it's what I want it to be. You mm-hmm. know, so... With that, I just thought about how I came up in New York and what did I like about my childhood and things like that. So in a lot of stuff that I do, I bring my childhood with me. I bring my neighborhoods that I grew up in with me. You know, things that we thought was dope. Having stuff that didn't look like the other stuff that was on the shelf. So that's the type of things that I always wanted to do. But then it becomes to the point where, you know, um, people want instant success. Success don't happen. Real success don't happen overnight. Like, I started... Literally, if I want to say my journey, my journey as a sneaker designer would have started in 97 when I was in Queensborough Community College customizing Jordans, you know, just so I could be different and not even telling anybody that I was customizing them. I was saying I got them sent to me from Germany because my sister was in the army. But it was that the the the, the stand out to not fit in. Right. Because we're all designed. We have different fingerprints for a reason. So we should always want to stand out instead of fit in right so that's like my whole mind state like I, I'm not gonna let nobody tell me what I should be doing when I design myself right so a lot of people this fashion game like like uh, Keys was saying is like it's not hard not every even any company you start a company 90% of them they're gonna fail you know I had a store I, I would say my store failed right because it just wasn't Things just wasn't right. You know, you got to have parking. I didn't think about that. We didn't have parking for customers. These are different mistakes that when you start, you're just so excited to get that thing that you forget. Like, hold up. Wait, where are the customers going to park at? We're downtown Oakland. Can't nobody just pull up here. I didn't think about that, how they break windows down there. All the kind of crazy stuff that made it harder for me to succeed in that realm. Right. But I didn't let it deter me. That's the thing. Failure is only a stepping stone to learning. Right. So every failure, you got to take out the learning in it. And if you don't, then you're never going to succeed because you're going to constantly keep making that same mistake or that failure is going to make you never want to make another mistake. And then you just don't try. Right. Because if you don't try. Right. How do you know how far you could ever go? If you let somebody else project on you, their fears and you take on their fears and make them become your own, then you start. Letting doubt creep in, right? And and why do you want doubt when it's your dream? See, this is my passion. I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. And years ago, I didn't even think this was possible. But with research, reading, researching, and studying, I was able to do exactly what it was with my brand that I wanted it to be. And every cycle that comes around, it's a whole new thing to learn. Like today, I learned about blockchain. I learned the right way to use NFTs. So I learned a lot today that I'm going to take, and I'm going to actually go study, because I like to learn new stuff, right, like, what's the point of living and breathing, and being, and it's a blessing to be able to be alive every day to wake up, you know, and you don't, you don't take advantage of that, every day you should learn something, if you don't learn something, you're, you are harming yourself, regardless of what it is, you can learn a new, it could be a new word in another language, it could be a new color, it could be the word Pantone, you know, anything, because Any of those things is only going to improve to what you want to improve on and where you're trying to go on your journey. And my journey is still being written right now, but I would not have been here and where I'm at right now if I thought that it was okay to listen to what other people say, if I thought that it was, if I made a mistake or if I fell, if I didn't make as much money as I thought I was going to make, and I thought, you know what, it's over, let's wrap
2: it up. You know, that's not it. Failure is a part of success. That's what I leave you with. Number one, I see myself in a brother right? I consider myself to be a creative. I consider myself to be a designer. I aspire to some of the things that he has in his accolades, being a shoe designer, a a glasses wear designer, right? I haven't had the ability to completely focus on a life as a creative, to just hone in 100% on my passions. I like to draw, I, I, I paint, I do art, I design. Everything that you see that I have, for the most part, I designed it, right? And so there's a special connection that I have when I look at designers and artists and creatives, right? They live in pure off day human conscious God energy, right? They're conjuring things from nothingness and producing them into reality, right? And they're from their mind, they're allowing us to express ourselves, right? And there's a, a, a beautiful dynamic that goes into that. I always talk about Emory Davis as a designer of the Black Panthers. He allowed people to connect to the movement, right? When they looked at the art, they created an emotional connection to the movement and what it meant to them, Right, so therefore they was able to take that movement home by seeing the images and pictures. Everybody did not understand the big talk and the literacy of the words of the constitution and all of that, but they can understand when they see a black woman with her fist up, right, and the police trying to beat her, or they see the spirit of the Black Panther. Designing our movements is just as important as starting a movement, right, and being invigorated with passion towards it. We have to design the way the movement looks like because that creates interaction. There's a black man who designed the doorknob, so when we walk in there, we're doing it based on his design, right? As a black man who designed, I believe the, uh, uh, um, the what's that called, the uh, street lights, right? And a lot of design comes from necessity, and some of it just comes from pure vision, right? And wisdom. We want to redesign reality in our own image, right? And so when we have our designers, it's allowing us to pure from our own people, right? Let me let me let me let me wear my brother's mind on me. You understand me because that's a reflection of myself we don't always have to jump to another culture which cannot represent us to try to find representation and expression within it so i believe designers have a beautiful role that allow the world to express itself and so as a people and as a as a leader as a person that pushes movement if we design the movement in a correct way it makes it much easier for us to flow Donald Elijah Muhammad was a designer when he told people to put on bow ties and black suits and cut their hair and shave and show up in a particular manner. And it worked to the perfection of redeeming and reforming a people. The military is designed when it comes to uniform, right, to create a certain, you know, discipline within it, to create qualities of rank, the psychology of colors, right? Everything that's added to it is intentionality and even the aesthetic of it. If you study Dieter Rams' Principles of Design, He was a German engineer that was one of the top engineers and Apple took from him so that they can design their product with minimum aesthetic as well. And when most people think about Apple, it increases creativity because they created a brand based on creative thinking. Right. So I want us to look at our culture. When we look at the hood, how can we redesign the hood? How can we design neighborhoods that allow us to flourish? How can we go and redesign curriculums that allow us to educate ourselves that's not based on you know, the school systems that we have right now, but how do we pull out the brilliance of our children, right? So when I'm looking at the designers, I'm looking at, you know, people who actually design, right? People put on designer, but they don't realize, like, there's architects behind that making it. They put in together ratios and psychology and neuroscience that's added into why you buy it, right? What you put on. All of these things matter. So when we become intentional as far as how do we create progress, For the future, how do we build wealth? How do we design wealth? How do you design a billion-dollar company? How do you design better families, right? How do you design better mental health in our communities? How do you change the color psychology and the ability to allow people to express themselves? Because everything in our environment was designed to keep us in our lower nature till we become consumers, stuck into egoism so we can be controlled by that left-brain activity. So that's why I like to lock in with designers because they are shaping the consciousness of the world. Um, me, a high level conversation is growth. Because after that, after that conversation,
3: if you haven't grown in knowledge, right? Or or just in just even even just the environments that you're in from where you were at before, right? That right there alone is, is golden because so, like, yeah, I make more money, I get in close places like, I, I said, you know what? I want to network more. How can I network and tax write-off? So I bought season tickets, courtside. Because people who sit courtside, they got money. And, you, and they don't look like it, right? Especially when they don't look like us. And from there, I found partnerships where people want me to invest in a cannabis uh, company. Different things like three-year return, you know, where now I didn't even know these things were available, right? But because I sit where I sit, you're interested to these, these people. Are, they see you and they're interested. Well, who's this guy? Because I know he's got to have money if he can afford those seats. Right? But then now, y'all have these conversations too. And then you realize we're not so much different. We have a lot in common. Then you start talking business. You're like, look, I know an apartment building is going to go up for sale. You know, you know, it's a pocket listing before hit MLS if you're interested. You know, you get these type of conversations going now. Right? So, um... So a high level conversation to me really is just growth, right? And knowledge. One thing I love, I love learning something new. Like I feel like if I'm not learning, I'm not growing. So, and I know that I'm, one thing is I don't ever think I'm the smartest person in the room. I always want to be the most, you know, um, just, just aggressive listener in the room because I listen and I store like this whole interview, I'm storing of shit, right, that he's saying, because I'm like, yo, I didn't even know that, I didn't even think about that, right, but to be able to, you know, have those kind of conversations, especially now, I'm so busy, I really get to be around other like-minded entrepreneurs or influencers, because I'm a, a workaholic, so to be able to have these type of conversations, wherever they happen at, it's always a blessing, so if you are part of a high-level conversation, consider yourself blessed, but make sure If last but not least, make sure you grow and you gain something from there and also pass on knowledge as well, because knowledge is how you really create that partnership.
2: issue is you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe you can learn, make some money, understand a new skill set, jump into a course, a community, and all of a sudden your problems start to go away. No, you think because of your education and your environment, certain things weren't made for you. Or you think you're too gangster to learn this. You understand me? Or you think you're too old to learn it. (laughs) Or you think maybe you don't know enough about technology, you're not interested in it whatsoever. Or maybe you think just certain things are just not for you, yet you got all of these goals, aspirations, things that you think that you're privileged to in the world. But that's not the way the world works. The world works for those who work for the world and those who work for themselves. See once you start to develop the power of the mind, then you understand that it's about mentalism. How to be able to take those thoughts that are inside your head and bring them outward. Well first, you have to be able to bridge the gap, the gap between where you want to be the distance is determined by what you know and what you don't know. And the speed in which you get there is determined by your own willpower and your ability to execute in your work ethic. See, I don't want to do anything for you. I want to give you the tools to be able to do for yourself. But I also understand that the world handicapped us. They gave us a school system. They gave us learning disabilities. It took us away from our creative learning. How to be able to learn on the go and to become critical thinkers. At some point in time, everybody just stopped thinking. Just stopped thinking. The other day I was listening to some advice on social media and I heard one opinion, that kind of stuff, right? Then, scrolling down, I started somebody else talking about the same subject, give an opposing opinion, and I actually had to stop myself and think about it, wait a minute, both of these people are not right? The problem was, I didn't want to critical think for myself, so I took the first influence that I got. Because I didn't feel like thinking about it on the subject. So when you hear about subjects of financial literacy, you hear about blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies and wealth building systems. Sometimes, when a person tells you something negative, it becomes your excuse and your reason why not to execute. But see, I got a large family, and I don't let nobody make excuses around me. I employ my family. I employ designers and developers, and I pay them tens of thousands of dollars. Why? Because they can do things that I can't do. Now, without skill sets, that's not much value that you have, because now your value is determined by the market. But when you have skill sets that nobody can take away, you always have value no matter where you are in the world and what time it is of the day. See, developer skill nobody can take away And you have a value that nobody can strip away. When we talk about wealth, I don't want it to be some
0: pie-in-the-sky
2: idea. I don't want it to be some 10-year future. I want it to be now. Because the future is now. Because they've built everything that we need, so you just have to learn how to use it. And we're going to teach you how to use it in the BWO. We're going to teach you how to use it in the block World Order. You understand me? So now you can get off your ass and use your mind and get you some money use your mind to change the infrastructure of your life but guess what nothing works if you don't work so yes we built the foundation but it's up to you to stand on it yourself come and join the block world order see what we have to offer now you can take those goals you have in your head and make them obtainable by the skills you possess in your mind tap in